Hello everybody, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by all of the lovely folks who donate to the show on a monthly basis. Um, if you would like to be one of those individuals, uh, visit our Patreon page, www.patreon.com slash froggystyle. That's frog, the letter E, underscore style. You can donate as little as $1 per month. And that will give you access to all future bonus content. And we are planning to release uh, a couple episodes of bonus content this month. So you will get access to that if you donate $1 a month. Um, You can donate more if you feel like it. Uh, The more you donate, the more cool things you get. So I highly recommend that you at least check it out. And I would very much appreciated it if you donated even though you don't have to i give this away for free so just you listening is support enough for me if you are fans of the show however uh sign up for our monthly newsletter you can find it at fsproductions.ca uh if you go to the website it'll be like the first thing you see you can sign up with your email Uh, It's really easy. It takes two seconds. The newsletter will include things like music links from previous month's guests, uh, show schedule releases and what's coming up in the future. And if you do sign up, you will be entered into a monthly draw uh, for a neat prize pack, which usually includes CDs from local artists and um, a couple things of Froggy Style merch. So I highly recommend that you sign up using your email at fsproductions.ca. And while you're there, just check out the website. There's a, there's a lot of other really cool things on there. There's articles, there's short stories, uh, and then there's my other podcast, Glow Poppy, in which you can check out if you're interested. So yeah, just visit fsproductions.ca. On this episode of Groove Talk, I am joined by Free the Cynics. It was lots of fun talking with these guys. Um, this podcast was actually recorded on location at Vagabonds on Olympic Way in 12th Ave. It's right on the corner there, downtown. Uh, I would like to say thank you to them for letting us... Uh, record there and be being so accommodating they set us up pretty good so thank you to vagabonds um this podcast was a lot of fun it was lots of fun talking to joey rich and brad brad had to leave halfway through so it was just me and me joey and rich for most of the podcast but it was lots of fun really cool guys lots of fun to talk to at the end of the episode, you can catch music from their new EP, Post Iconica. Uh, you can catch uh, the songs High at Work and Wine and Debris are at the end of the episode. Uh, if you would like to download their, download their new EP, <laughs> you can find it on Bandcamp um, and various other places. I'll have all the links in the episode notes. Uh, you can catch Free the Cynics and a bunch of other really cool bands playing 
this Saturday, August 12th at the Night Owl. All throughout the podcast, they say Ghetto Boys for this Saturday show. And that's because it was at Ghetto Boys, but it got canceled and relocated to the Night Owl. So every time that the the guys say Ghetto Boys, just think Night Owl because that's where the show is happening now. Um, tickets are only $10. And like I said, there's a lot of really, really cool bands playing this show. It's quite the stacked lineup. So I recommend that you check it out. Um, so yeah, without, uh, I don't want to say without further ado, so I'm not going to, even though I just did, but I'm not going to say it. Anyways, let's get into the episode. I hope you really enjoy my conversation with Free the Cynics. This is Groove Talk with Froggy Style. Uh, welcome to another episode of Groove Talk, everyone. On this week's episode, I am joined by Free the Cynics. Hello. Welcome. Hello. Um, why don't you guys introduce yourselves? I'm Brad Wedekin, the bassist. Uh, Rich Paxton, vocals. Joey DeCosta, drummer. Cool. And oh, there's... Yeah, guitar! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no there's, there's one more member, but <laughs> not here tonight. Cool. Um, so you guys just released uh, an EP. Yeah. Um, and you just played an EP release show. Um, so I guess tell us about that. Yeah, it was, a, it was a fun show. We were happy. We put a lot of work into the EP, so it was good to see it turn out good. And all the reviews were starting to very kind to us so we were yeah we're happy Our, we had Ashley 100 and Crooked Spies played so great show. Um, just that in itself was worth making the EP just to play with those guys again so, um, but yeah we're happy we, we're, we're pumped we're happy there was a lot of people there because uh, it would have been a bit of a, yeah. <laughs> a ditcher of a show if nobody turned up yeah, yeah. <laughs> might have been the only time I've made a mistake because a bra got tangled on my drum <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty, pretty legit reason yeah. to make a mistake. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> 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 that was kind of my fault. I threw it. Um, it wasn't my, it wasn't <laughs> <Yeah>. my bra. <brother. laughs> no, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was a new, brand new bra too. I remember feeling. Like, this <laughs> I, think, very nice I think bra. I remember it being green. It was Celtic green. Was it? Yeah, oh. I was very happy. <laughs> Somebody planned this in advance. We didn't. Make uh, it yeah, happen. it, was, it wasn't quite as spontaneous. I got off my work. I think did it. Don't be that. <laughs> uh, some some incredibly hot model threw up. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Carmen or Gigi or someone. Um. So, was it uh, when you did? Was it you guys who put together the EP show then? Like, yeah. were you the ones who invited the bands out and yeah. stuff? Yeah, Rich really did it. Yeah. pretty much exclusively. Nobody else helps him. We played with <laughs> Ashley Hundred a handful of times. <laughs> Actually, uh, it's fun every time, so we, we had to add them to our best buds. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, we, we prefer to do that. We've done it pretty much the last... I mean, generally, shows we play, we, we set up, and yeah. we were lucky enough to be able to... We know, like, the Palomino and Night Owl and Shepard, like, all those places, because 
and playing a while. So, so it's nice to do, just to pick your own support or own other bands. And you know you're gonna have a good time if it's bands you like, right? So yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it's nice to have a, It was a really cool mix. Like actually, hundred or probably more like removed from our sound than any other band we've ever played fantastic. with. But they're so good and ends up kind of complimenting each other, kind of nice. And those guys kill it every time. And Crooked Spies were. They were just electric, man. They were really loud, right? Like they were. Yeah, you just see that fucking lightning bolts on stage with those guys. Yeah, yeah. they're fun. Yeah, I mean, like just hanging out with them when I did do the podcast with them, it's just like you can tell that, you know, their stage presence is go- their stage presence is going to be like, you know, on point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. definitely yeah. was that night. Yeah, yeah, they look cool. They sound fucking great. We're excited. We're, good. we're playing with them again on. Uh, the 12th, of that, 12, that, yeah. that steam whistle thing, so, yeah, I'm pumped. So, are, you, are you guys excited for that? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's uh, some, some other good bands on there, Dane, Dane actually. The Fox who swept the day away. Uh, Varmers. Uh, it's going to be awesome. Uh, it's going to be a great show. We're missing some of that. Yeah, Varmers, yeah, I forgot about those guys being on that bill, that's yeah. awesome. Uh, uh, someone uh, else over. I think the abductees. Abductees, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's a, that's a stacked lineup. Yeah. yeah. So, so how did that show come about then? Uh, I don't know. We, we, we got, we, it's an Edmonton. Uh, Y-E-G-5. So they're trying to branch into Calgary, I guess. Okay. I think, I think they had like a bunch of Calgary or a bunch of... I'm getting the wrong around, right? Yeah, they, have, they, they did one in Edmonton with all Edmonton bands, and I think they're doing this one in just with Calgary bands. So, But that, I mean, to get that lineup is, is pretty sweet. We're on, I think we're on second last. It's a 12-hour wait from start to finish. So, Just a yeah. lot of faith in us being yeah. cheap. Uh, Paste it on the beer. Yeah. <laughs> we had to like, repeat the release show. We didn't go until 1230 or something. And we're trying to be professional, right? Trying. Fuck, that was tough. Yeah. It's harder for some of us. Than <laughs> <laughs> well, we made up for it the rest of the weekend. <laughs> yeah, I can... It's definitely, like, tougher playing later. Because, oh, like, you have to, like, keep your oh, composure yeah. and... Yeah. You just want to party. You're yeah. there to party too and have fun, right? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> that's half the fun, right? Yeah. 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 No, it's it depends on the show, obviously. But we were, yeah, we were trying to keep it pretty professional, and I think we just about managed it. So it was good. Yeah. I mean, we had pressure put on us by the other bands being so good, right? So it's true. When there's a big crowd like that, it's just so easy to perform, right? It's it's why you do it. So it's fun. For sure. So um. How long has this EP kind of been in the making then, I guess? I recall starting on these songs when I joined. Uh, probably November, December? Like, I joined the band in December. Even, like, a few of them were, were almost hashed out at that point. Yeah, two, there, was, there was two songs. High at Work and Wine and Debris were already written and done. Yeah. They were already kind of... Uh, yeah, I mean, I was, was going to say half of them, but they were already completed songs, those two. Um, <clears throat> when Brad joined and then they changed a lot after Brad joined Soundwise and then yeah we, we, we kind of honed them and then the rest came together the songs came together pretty fast but the whole process of the recording and some scheduling issues and other stuff going on it took probably s- first session was January 25th did we finish, finish recording in April <laughs> what the fuck do you remember that? 
It's it adorable. Well, that's my dad's birthday. I remember thinking oh, today. Okay. Like, it's yeah. also birthday. I was going to say, but he can't even remember his own dad's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I guess I guess January. No we, way we finished it. Um, yeah, same here. <laughs> we, uh, we finished it. <laughs> we finished it. Uh, like March or April? Oh no, no. We finished it with a week before the listening party which was the 3rd of June so yeah the oh, final wow. yeah. mix and master we everything getting together we, we got the we got the everything finally packaged and done the, the morning of the listening party that we had on the 3rd of June so, okay. so from January till June thanks to Keith yeah, thanks yeah to we Keith had Keith, uh, House, uh, Keith Scraston who we had a fuck up at the printers so Keith had to manually make a bunch of packages for our CD cover, the artwork and the, the discs to go in for the, the media people that were invited to the, the listening party and if we could have made hundreds of those instead of the ones that we ended up having we would have done it but they were all manually made by Keith I was incredible, he stayed up till 5 in the morning doing it Darren McDade from John David drove him around doing all the shit yeah we're lucky we have people like that behind us so it was yeah, it was cool. And, and Brandon Lewis from Zen Palace Records, he got like all the uh, beat route and the radio yeah. people to come and Did listen to it a month, a month, a month and a half before it was released. So he was working at Wild Rose Brewery, and we booked the back room and had it there. Oh, yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Well, Brandon booked the back room and invited us to meet. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what. Yeah, Brandon, we had to, then we had to scurry out of there for a wedding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I really wanted pictures under that uh, wooden arch, though. You know. Brad in his wedding dress again. again. <laughs> Work this time. Third time you're positively glowing. <laughs> but no, we were. Uh, yeah, that was that was that was. We were lucky with that. And we <clears throat> from that they had a month and a half to to come up with you know reviews and stuff like that. So that it was kind of worrying a little bit because we don't know what they're thinking, right? And that, having you playing your music over like massive loudspeakers in a room with 15 people in it, it's like super fucking awkward, right? Oh, yeah, I bet. <laughs> uh, but you gotta pretend you're yeah. cool with it. And you don't know, like, we're looking at like Brad from Beatroot and Mike Bell and Noah, just trying not to stare at them. I'm like, what yeah. the fuck are they thinking? Like that? <laughs> but luckily, they, they, they were very kind in the reviews, so it was good. Only took a little bit of a bribe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I tried to suck Brad from Beatrice off, but he wasn't having any of it. <laughs> we were both too drunk. <laughs> you can cut some of this, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have to let me know what you want to cut, though, because uh, most of this will just end up going in. So. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Brad, uh, Whatever, Brad's Rich been... has no real shame. So. <laughs> I, I like it like this, you know, because I feel like it's more like a legit conversation that we're just having, and yeah. there's just microphones. Involved. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Dangerous for us, but great for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, we've already gotten some trouble over the Beatroot and YYC interviews. And yeah. Just that high work thing's kind of biting us in the ass, or biting me in the ass. <laughs> in laws. Uh, do not do that. In <laughs> My in laws. Fucking. <laughs> Fucking YY, the YY scene one put in. Oh my oh goodness, Jay. <laughs> wow. Who are we to say no, right? Nobody to say no. 
<laughs> Thanks, Val. Thanks for helping us out with this, yeah, man. Sure. I really Pretty appreciate good. it. Yeah, yeah man. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah. 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 Cool. I like your top. Thank you very much. <laughs> I like your top. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> it looks cozy. I guess we should do this now, guys. Yeah. I guess if it wasn't clear, we are at uh, Vagabonds, Vagabonds yeah. uh, on 12th Ave for uh, Olympic Way. Yeah, that's 12th Olympic Way. Olympic Way. Olympic and 12th. Like it's right yeah. on the corner. Uh, so thank you for having us down here. Yeah. They just brought us shots. Thanks to Jay for starting us on. Thanks for Cheers. the egg. I'm not going to get over those cables. I'm just going to, yeah, right on. Cheers. Uh, Brad, don't sip that with a straw. It's a Jägermeister. Might change to Tuesday. Awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, what are we talking about? Uh, band stuff. So I guess it sounds like you ca your release was kind of like strategic in a way, you know what I mean? Like you didn't just like go and release a piece of music, you had a listening party, you invited media out and stuff yeah. like that. Um, well, we, we felt pretty serious about we knew, like, when we were when we were in the studio, we realized that we thought it was death, like something that we were like that we were really, really happy with. Yeah. And we were excited about it, so we were thinking we'd want to do it properly. Like, and the last release we had was like I was still super proud of it, and, and it got great reviews, all that stuff. But this one, I was I don't know, I just felt that it was a, a step up, and I felt like if we we should make the effort to make it. To do it properly, yeah. I uh, to add on top of that one. Um, about two years ago, I released an EP right around the same time with a, a different project during Stampede, and it was a fucking disaster. Like all of fourteen people showed up, so we tried to time it out to get between Folk Fest and yeah. uh, Stampede, yeah. and it worked out awesome. Yeah. Like it's. It's almost like this golden weekend where everybody's like, the party's got to continue, but there's nothing else going on. Yeah. So, I mean, they would have came anyway. They would have sure. came anyway. <laughs> sure. Yeah, but no, uh, you're right. It was. I mean, it, I guess I, maybe it's, it's kind of a dirty word, but I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, we we chose that weekend on purpose. And, yeah. Um, yeah, and it worked out pretty well. I, I think that Brennan again. Sorry to interrupt. But no. Brennan from Zen Palace, like, really, really, really helped with. A, Fucking like a lot of that stuff. He was, he has that kind of mind that I definitely don't have. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah he really helped. Re releasing an EP in the middle of Stampede. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't have remembered. Canada Day. Like, oh right, I did this once before. Lots of bands. I feel like. I feel like as a band, you kind of have to make a decision. It's like what you are doing as a band. You know, like are you taking it seriously? Are you just doing it for fun? You know, and like both are completely respectable. You yeah, know, you're but right. yeah, and it's you're hard right. to get a group of guys that are all on the same page. Yeah. yeah. And it's tough to, to... Especially when you're old, like Rich. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 33 this month. Yeah. Yeah. That's a Scottish 33. Though, so. Yeah, so it's like what, 64? <laughs> <clears throat> generation of no grandparents. <laughs> My whole generation, no one has a grandparent. <laughs> it's funny, but also sad. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh... What was he going to say? Oh, I, I forgot what uh, talking about. Before you insulted me, I forgot. <laughs> <coughs> Thinking yeah, about no, yeah, no. How and, it, and it's odd making a conscious decision to to say like, okay, we're going to try and go from this to this. Like, 
we're taking this seriously, like, this is what we're doing. It's kind of a, it's a, an odd thing to say, right? Yeah. And not that we ever came and really said that, but like, by doing, you know, by... We won't drop an opportunity right. if it's presented, yeah. though, either, I think. Kind we, of feel like, we feel like it's, what we did, is, this album's good enough to, to warrant that attitude, so we're not ashamed of that or anything. I think it's super sick. Yeah. Like, Drums I, are shit. It's <laughs> because <laughs> I had to do them first before we get to the <laughs> They're wonderful. I mean, so like, how would you guys describe your sound, I guess? I Three think with the new lineup, we're still, we're still figuring that Wait, out. Four bastards. Because uh, all of the songs sound pretty different from each other. Um, so the next release will be, uh, I think more cohesive unit this one's i think this one they, they they work together you know but like i had just joined the band same with joey and two of the songs were completely written before i even joined so it's a different dynamic yeah oh uh, yeah i would i mean it's i would i think that's what sums us up ken is that i don't really i don't feel like that you listen to two of our songs they're not really the same kind of song right so it's always hard to answer that question because we don't. I really like. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, like the last few reviews we've had, I've said like jazz, like blues, <laughs> like rock, indie, pop. So yeah. I, I don't know. I, I kind of like that about us, but it does create some issues as well with yeah. trying to hard to fit on a bill. Like, yeah. Sometimes. Apply like you know trying to write to someone and tell them what you sound like. It's hard, right? Yeah. But I'd I'd rather that than have a you know. You got six songs there, and three of them sound the same. And I think it's just difficult. I think it's a hard thing to have a like a the, like a, a distinctive sound, but that's still super varied. Like I, I always loved uh, Supergrass, this English band. I don't know if you know them, but they're they got kind of left behind because of Oasis and Blur and that Britpop thing. But they were one of the most diverse bands you've ever heard in your life. Check them out. Like they're. And I always like had huge respect for them because yeah. they'd have one song that was like a, like a dirty fuzzy rock song, and then you'd have this Beatles kind of la 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 pop song, and it was like fuck, man, it's the same people doing that song. But you still knew it was them, right? Yeah. So that I think that's a, I think that that's where I'd kind of say where we are. Not the Beatles. I mean, that's cool though because I mean you don't get pigeonholed and stuff like that. You could fit on multiple bills now instead you know instead of just being like you know we are a punk band or yeah, something yeah. like that yeah like, yeah and it's i mean it, and, it, and it's, it helps with everyone being from different uh upbringings and different influences and like obviously i've got scottish like irish i guess english like bands have always been my upbringing and these guys are obviously different like brad lived in america for a while and joey's obviously like a mad like hick. <laughs> I don't want to say that. But, and then Eric's quite a purist kind of guitarist, so like, so it's such a for that mix to work in a room is rare enough in its own. But yeah. for it to work on record is really, really exciting for us. Yeah, for sure. We still love arguments. But, yeah. <laughs> how, so, like, how does the the writing process kind of work with you guys? Is it like one person kind of taking the lead and just like, or is it all of you kind of contributing individually? And I feel like it's 
pretty well the whole band. I, yeah. Everyone has, comes up with some sort of an idea or a suggestion, and we try it, and if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah. There's definitely no one saying, like, these are. this is a whole song, we're all learning it. There's, there's yeah. nothing like that. I don't think there'd be a problem I'll tell you what happens yeah. pretty much every time since this lineup got together. <laughs> Brad has a sweet riff. <laughs> I play something sweet. And then Eric plays something sweet. And then... And then Rich makes up words on top of it. That's pretty much how it goes. Yeah. Sweet and I guess, and I guess, I guess, words. I guess the melodies just come from nowhere. I guess that's what. Happened. Yeah. I don't know. Usually, though, I think Brad has some kind of baseline, and then it usually comes I with, jump on yeah. that. Eric loves to come in last and put his little, you know, cinnamon on top of everything, whether it's good or not. I would say that I come in last. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, think, yeah, of course. Rich, Rich has usually got the lyrics last. <laughs> I want that. I want that. The headline: Rich always comes last. I want that right <laughs> now. And you should block my wife from that Facebook. <laughs> but no, she. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, no, I think the guys are. Right. It, it, it gen generally comes from these guys coming up with something like Brad written something or Eric or someone's came up with some kind of riff or even just a jam. And then uh, and I'll start just singing over it, and if it, if it's working, it's working. I gotta say we don't really throw a lot of stuff away though. We haven't. Like, we haven't yet. Yeah. So, Things yeah. get a little unbridled when Rich isn't around though, and they start turning into like funk jams, <laughs> yeah. fusion jams. I come in and like, okay, well, there's what no have you, what way. have you people done to this song? <laughs> Nobody wants to hear that except you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we wrote this 13 minute jazz riff, it's so good. <laughs> I'm no, use yeah, the I same think, note twice. Yeah, I think that's generally how it comes together. They, they guys, they, those guys, I'm super lucky, I get like, those guys come up with great stuff and then. Just try and come up with a melody that I think's interesting, and yeah, I always try and try. And, I think a melody that's as interesting in the verses as in the chorus is tough to do. So, yeah. and we're kind of toughen ourselves for that stuff and try and make it, try and work until that happens. Would you guys say that you're like your own worst critic? For me, yeah. I definitely say that about myself. Please. Brad's probably my worst critic. You always forget that pill. You always forget that pill. Who is this guy? Who That's true. It's true. He's really woken up in this one. shot of yeah. and all of a sudden, I'm yeah, it's it. He <laughs> smelled that Jaeger. Now he's on fire. <laughs> No, they, uh, yeah, I don't know, I, I mean, since Brad came in, uh, the, the, the relationship with Brad and Joey has really helped everyone, like what you're talking about when we're writing. Yeah. Those guys are clicking easy and it's, it's coming in and it's easy for Eric to start writing a riff on top of and it makes it so easy for me to sing on top of, right, so. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So I guess that's your question. Yeah. All of us. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody does. Yeah. Fuck, that was like one of your fucking jazz therapy minute pieces of an answer. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So how did the, the current lineup all come together then? Uh, were you guys like, did you guys know each other beforehand? or? A lot of blackmail. <laughs> no, uh, so I joined, uh, fuck, I don't remember when. I'm not like Brad. A year ago, no. Uh, about a year. Um, I had been playing in a band with the former Free the Cynics bassist, and uh, they started looking for a drummer when that happened, and I was, <laughs> yeah, you know, that band was fizzling out and on its way, and 
So it all kind of tapered off and I was looking for something to fill the void and turns out this, this became available. It's a good fit, we clicked, worked out well. Yeah, yeah we so already kind of knew Joy, so we were, yeah. we knew it was going to work out. Yeah, yeah James Narland is not Yeah, that to old put a name to the <laughs> former bassist. Yeah, we're base. still on very good terms. Yeah, no, he's a good guy. <clears throat> um, Comes by shows every once in a while and lets us know what we're doing wrong. <laughs> he's very nice on, he was very nice last Friday this is brilliant he's going to get in trouble for this one this yeah probably nah man nah, James uh, I enjoyed playing with him in my other project uh, and I'm glad that he connected me to this one so. Dead Emperor was the other project yeah, yeah. Okay. You, can't yeah. Say, you can say it well I mean we could <laughs> he was also playing with Dead uh, Pretty, Pretty uh, who are good friends of ours Darren uh, McDade, former Dead Pretty member, yeah, possibly who, future Dead Pretty basically, member. Basically, uh, I think they're on a bit of a, hi a hiatus, but the guitarist and singer from them, Kenton and Darren, formed John David, are incredible. They're amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Best singer, Darren and Liz Stevens from Copperhead, best singers in Calgary, I would say. So Full, second but third, not wrong. Second and third best singers. But yeah, and then Brad had actually been coming to our shows for a while, but we weren't aware that Brad was a bassist. Brad's just a fan living the dream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like one of those over the summer, one year. of those Springsteen fans that gets on stage and is all like wide-eyed and he gets to play guitar with Springsteen. That's basically Brad. Yeah. <laughs> but like, uh, if that kid then went on and told Springsteen how to play music, yeah. I might be. Uh, but I'm pretty sure Brad might be the best musician out of the th three actual musicians in the band. I would, I would. And I'm not going to say if Rich or I are the guy who aren't musicians. <laughs> I'm a drummer and he's a singer, I don't know. He uses <coughs> notes, but I play an instrument, so I know, probably, it's up for debate. I'd but, probably go. Yeah. Maybe. No let's offense, not, Eric. He's still a prick. You're, not, you're probably yeah, listening, yeah. But, uh, and you're, you're good, too. You got this on record, right? I'm saying I'm the best. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> but no, and Brad, uh, Brad, I was, we were playing Rockin' for Dollars one night. Okay. Um, with a bassist who was about to be sacked or quit or something. He was a very short-term bassist. Fucking idiot. And, then, <laughs> yeah, and so Brad uh, was watching us and I was saying, oh, I said, do you know anyone who's, who's good at bass? And he was like, me. And Brad had been following <laughs> the band for ages, like taking videos of us and stuff. But I knew Brad as a drummer, not a bassist. Yeah. And so we're like, oh, oh, okay, that'd be sweet. Probably why he's such a critic of me too. <laughs> and then, well, maybe yeah. That, I think that's why these two work so well. But then I was like, uh, okay, well, come jam with us. We'll see. I wasn't. I was thinking he's a drummer, so maybe it won't work. He turned up at the first audition, and he. First song, we were like, okay. He's, Knew the songs better than I did. Yeah, it was insane. <laughs> it was, it was one of those like, ah, kind of moments. Just kind of clicked. Right? Just <laughs> yeah. made me feel so annoyed that we wasted so much time not having Brad after the first guy left. <laughs> oh God, I feel dirty. Seeing this about bass. You can only, yeah, you can only feel so good <clears throat> about a bass. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, he's looks slow him down a little bit. He's, he's a great bassist. Cool. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, uh, you mentioned rocking for dollars before. Um, That's awesome. Man. Yeah. It's like, fucking is BJ that, is yeah. one of my favorite <laughs> fucking people. BJ is one of those promoters, or I mean, I don't know what you would call BJ at this point. Like, he's everything, right? But yeah. 
he from the very start was so good to us and he really helped us out and he like that rocking for dollars thing just sums him up and matt as well who started everything yeah just like just a great idea and he helped so many bands so many brad joined our band because of that right yeah. like so many bands formed because of that right yeah so, yeah for sure Speaking of which, I think I gotta go Brad's to about rehearsal. to leave the band. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have fun. I'll see you. Don't play too well. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's Save the good stuff to free the cynics. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Catch you. See you later. All right. Let's get into business. Yeah. Fuck, I hate that guy. Me and Joy are forming a two-piece. Yeah. Some <laughs> vocals. It's going to be great. It's fucking awful. The best we'll band be so ever. happy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, Rockford Dollars is great. Like, since it happened, yeah. like, it's fucking crazy that you can have a hundred people at an open mic night. <laughs> on a Wednesday. On a Wednesday night, right? Yeah. At fucking midnight. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, like, a broad variety of people, oh, too. Like, like, so many bands that got together because of Rockin' for Dollars. Like, yeah. great bands, too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I saw Dane. First time I saw Dane was at Rockin' for Dollars. Yeah. These guys are fucking lit, man. They're playing Dane. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, they're playing that Steamless Little We, uh, yeah, I love those guys. They're, they're... They're a fun man. Yeah. Yeah, their big winter classic show is like, like I, was, I felt like I was watching like a band go take a step up at that moment watching them. They're like, the place was packed. It was outdoor. Like they were like just fucking. You could tell they were so happy. Like, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, they're fun. Those guys. Yeah. Those guys. Definitely. Yeah. So young. <laughs> yeah, Everything I see, I'm like, ah, oh, like enjoy it, man. You're gonna hate this in five years time. Yeah. Well, it's Scottish 33. Five years time. Yeah. I mean, I interviewed a band one time, and they were still, they were still in high school. They were 16, and the oldest person in the band was, was it 18. Static Shift. No, it was Chained by Mind, but like. I mean, just in, I was like, I am ten years older than you guys. Oh man, and you're like, still young, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm starting to feel. Like, I, I really, I've never because the band are all younger than me. I'm 33 this like, next month. And these guys are what you're 28, 27, 27 yeah, 28. The end of the month. Eric's here. like 24. Like, so at least like, somebody will have the energy to get up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not really morning practicers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so yeah, that's but that, I like that. It's, I feel good about that. Cause I, I, For sure. I think I'm pretty energetic on the stage, so it's good having like Brad and like Eric and Joy. They're all pretty. They, they never really stop on stage, so it, it helps. So we seem a lot younger, I think. Yeah. <laughs> than I make us look. Yeah. I, uh, just speaking of age, I remember you know you're talking about enjoy this. Uh, you're gonna fucking hate it in five years. Remember playing with a band from I want to say it was Edmonton, and it was a couple of like. Uh, kids. The Bohemia? Yeah. yeah, and so, well, was that the one with the merch table thing where they're like, uh, okay, so, you know, after a certain point, you realize, like, if anybody wants your shit, they're going to buy it from you because nobody's going to steal shit they don't want and nobody's going to steal shit from a band they actually <laughs> like, right? Yeah. So this band, you know, great kids, they, they love what they're doing, they're really proud of the work they're doing, it's awesome. And they're like, yeah, can you guys can you guys watch our merch table while we go on stage? And we're like, yeah, man, don't worry about it. It's all good. We'll keep an eye on it. And he's like, could you go closer to the table, please? <laughs> <laughs> it's cool, dude. We'll and we're like, we're so young. We're like, oh, okay. Yeah, it was pretty Fucking cute. terrible. <laughs> they were. I felt so bad, but they were. But whatever, I was fucking shaved, dude. You know the best thing that ever happened to me? <clears throat> It's kind of off topic, but uh, my first ever show I ever played in a live music venue was at Bannerman's in Edinburgh. Really, 
famous kind of dingy place in Edinburgh. And it was the first ever show I'd played. It wasn't like an open mic or like whatever. And I joined this band who were already not established, but we were already writing for like a year and they were already kind of whatever. The guitarist was singing and they thought they needed a singer, whatever. So I joined and blah, blah, blah. Played our first show and I was fucking petrified. I was 19, I think, 18, 19. Terrified. Scottish fit. When I had seen, I had seen <laughs> I, I, a couple of bands from my high school there who were like taking off, like who we were doing really well. Yeah. The place packed, like, and they killed it. And I was like, shit, man, in my head, this is like a huge show, right? Tuesday night, fucking 20 people there. So. Mum's dad's in that. Yeah. Not mine, but. And then, uh, <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> so, had to do it. Eh? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so, um, and so we played the show, and I, and I, I thought it was all right, but I was very conscious of myself. I hugged him instantly. I was terrified, right? Yeah. And I was kind of an awkward-looking teen. I, I sprouted really fast. He hasn't changed since yeah, then. Still awkward looking. <laughs> no. Just Google Free the Cynics, you'll see. No, we just fuck awkward looking teams. <laughs> and then, uh, and it, was, it, was, it was the whole thing was very, it was not an enjoyable experience. Yeah. But I was happy to get it. I didn't realize that the Edinburgh Evening News, like the Calgary Herald, yeah. were reviewing the show. <laughs> they were not invited. Slow news day on uh, Tuesday. Yeah, apparently. right. And I had no idea this was happening. And the review was. Sterling, because <laughs> the songs were really good. Yeah. I, but I remember the last sentence of it was, "With a more charismatic frontman, this band could actually go places." <laughs> you know what his name was? Gary Flocker from the Evening News. <laughs> Fifteen years ago, whatever. I don't know how long ago. I still remember it. He is the only reason that I'm. Anyone ever says that I'm a good frontman is because of that guy. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was. I didn't. I am not exaggerating when I said I didn't play a show for six months after that. I tried to quit that band. I was like, I'm not doing this. I was like, I was fucking. That ruined me. Yeah. That's never yeah. been the same. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now, Has he been happy yeah. since that day? <laughs> I know. Yeah. So yeah. So kids like that, you know, we're calling them shit, but they yeah. could be the best. They could. But I mean, I feel like you've got to play a shit show every like when yeah. you're young, right? And I mean, like I feel like honest criticism is like so hard to come by nowadays. Like I felt a little personally attacked. If I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fucking kid, right? Yeah. Like but to I, single me out like that? Like, come on. That was specific like, kid, though. Yeah. Like that guy. Oh, I was probably a <laughs> dick on stage. There's so many people who are willing to just be like, you know, you guys are awesome. Ooh, you were so good. But yes, like, man. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't like, even that. I think I was just cripping, like cripplingly nervous. Yeah. I think I just didn't move from the spot, and I don't, I, I don't remember the show all that well. I was probably too drunk to play, and I, 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 just, I don't remember it. But I, I just, I remember, when we see that reviewing me like, my, because he didn't know it was my first ever show, right? Yeah. But I still have the cutter. I have a, I have a, a book that when I left Scotland, I brought here, and it has all my friends. Had a big goodbye party and has, have all the cuttings and stuff that they said, and I have that in there yeah. from way back when, saying, saying that. And it was the best thing that ever happened. Yeah. yeah it's also kind of crazy how. Because now I'm fucking 
the, best, the most incredible, charismatic yeah, fan of all time. I would say. Yeah, I would yeah, say. Yeah. Like, it's kind of crazy. Best thing that could I happen to like... us is if we got a bad review, I could do this all over again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I step up the game. It's like that one bad review, though. Like, you could get a million good reviews, but that one bad review you focus on, and you're like, you I could what? be better. Like, 100%. Yeah. And it was my first, like, yeah, I'm really. I don't know. I guess it's like when. I guess it's like when your mum catches you smoking and makes you smoke 10 cigarettes, right? <laughs> it was that, it was that kind of thing. It really, it really ended up, I still, I've never met the guy. Yeah. And I'm sure he gave my band later on good reviews. I, I never met the guy, but I, I'm thankful to him forever. Yeah, I mean like, even as like, just a creative type, like I crave those like bad reviews or like those, yeah. those, that, those comments that are like, you know, this is good, but you know, you could be yeah. doing this better. Yeah. It's like, thank you so much. Yeah. You know what I and, mean? And if like, it's something you're like, okay, well, I disagree with that, so I'm going to disregard it, yeah. fine. Yeah. But if it's something like, shit, I never actually thought that. Yeah. yeah. There's and like then, a big difference between, say, like, uh, personal style choice versus like actual criticism yeah. based on like... Yeah. And this know, guy was like, a, he was a big reviewer, right? So I was just like, man, I fucked it. We changed her name very soon after, though. I was happy about that. I'm just going to say that, like, uh, criticism doesn't really mean anything to me because I'm aware that I'm the best there ever was. <laughs> You're like, well, we should do more interviews like this. Uh, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. Um, criticism, yeah, it's a hard, hard pill to swallow sometimes, but, uh, you know, I, I've learned a lot since I started playing music live. Uh, Ten years ago, maybe even longer. It's hard to keep track of time. Stories in Winnipeg. Or yeah, yeah. So I was Winnipeg. playing music in Winnipeg, and then actually I was in a band in high school, just a cover band. But you know, it was kind of like that first exposure to the stage and get over the stage fright. And then I got to Winnipeg, and I played with a band. And uh, you know, two of the guys that were in that band uh, started a band called Apollo Sons, and they're this phenomenal, like psych funk. I don't know what you call them. Like, yeah, Apollo, Apollo Suns. They're from Winnipeg. Really, really cool band. Um, great energy. I think they just had a video. Uh, they're either working on it or it's recently come out. Uh, I've seen some behind-the-scenes stuff of it. It's called Mich uh, what was it? The Impossible Bond. So it's kind of a riff on like Mission Impossible, James Bond, spy music, that sort of thing. Really cool stuff. But yeah, they're uh, good riffs out of that. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, they, both of them really developed as, as players after the project that we were in because it was one of those things where we all wanted to be in the spotlight. We all wanted to be the center of attention. We're all overplaying. And once I got out of that project and got into my next project, and then ultimately this one, I've learned to play for the song, not just for myself. Um, and you know, let let other players build on top of what I have, or you know, accent what they've already got. Try to work together, cooperate. That's make hard to do better. for anyone. Because like, you, yeah. you're a musician. You're, you're kind of an even if you're a humble musician, you're kind of trying to show off the whole time. Right? Yeah. And it's, I mean, we're not yeah. musicians because the world needs it. Anyway. <laughs> we're, we're Wait, what? <laughs> but yeah, I like he's right though. Like I, I, and that, that's why I like, in my opinion, the best thing about Joey is that groove he's able he understands where the song is and grooves to that and it, it's not you're not trying to overpower everything and yeah but it, which is not bad i mean he, he's moments where he fucking he's the center of attention that works but i yeah. think all of us at this point like brad could have a fucking 30 minute bass set on his own and people <laughs> would probably be interested right yeah same with eric and same with all of us i guess but it's hard for me i have a huge a big 
my natural, I, I, it's a big voice, right? Yeah. So it's hard trying to, you gotta remember where to rein things in. And I think that's with this EP, we've we worked on dynamics way more yeah. than the last one. And I, I, I love the last EP, <clears throat> but this one, I do feel like we all understood when to shut the fuck up and, yeah. and, and just let the song kind of chill a bit. And, yeah. And chill isn't our biggest feature. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And Phoenix has no chill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's Yes. Oh, if you could ask her for another beer while yep. you're out there. What do you want? That's uh, uh, corn face or something? Cake face? <laughs> <laughs> corn. I don't know what the fuck it's called. Man. You're a fucking corn face. Uh, yeah, whatever that is. Village Blonde. Mine was the one, uh, Cake Face. Thank you so much. Okay, finally. <laughs> Alright, so I want to talk about my solo project. Uh, <laughs> now we can get down to like the real stuff, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, so next album is going to be pure BDSM. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean like coming from Scotland like what thanks for not calling me Irish <laughs> yeah. um, so like how do you find the Calgary music scene compared to say I mean I'm talking from where I'm from in Scotland but yeah, yeah. I, I think I speak for Edinburgh, Glasgow, Dundee further north it might be a bit different I don't know but here I've found it a lot less uh, just as competitive but a lot less uh, nastily competitive yeah. like I've found here that bands will try and help other bands even if you know, like if we can't do a show and we'll, we'll say get in touch with this other band we love them there's a real feeling of like if a Calgary band does good all the Calgary bands are going to do good right yeah back home I mean, it's been four years now since I played in a band back home, but yeah. I can't imagine it changed too much. That it, it was too, there was that kind of nastiness to it. There was little cliques that formed in certain sounds. So there was like a, like a few psych bands, a few like punky libertines types bands. There was a few this band, and they all stuck together, and it was there was a real kind of bitchiness. Yeah, and I was definitely part of that. Like I was guilty of it for sure. Yeah. And, but here I noticed, and I think it, I honestly think it's just a, a nationality thing. I think people are just more friendly here. <laughs> yeah. And Scotland's a friendly place, but yeah. I think it's just, I, I feel here people are trying to give each other a leg up a bit more. I've really found that with us. Maybe we're just lucky, but yeah. I definitely, that's the biggest thing for me is people trying to help each other more here than they do. The other big thing I've found is when an out of town band, like a, another. Canadian band comes from an out of town place they're never ever given the opening slot yeah and that's huge yeah that's been massive for us like uh, back home if you were from somewhere like if you were coming from another city you'd get the opening slot yeah so there might not be probably 50% of the people who are going to end up at that gig aren't at that gig right? yeah if you play here if you're an out of town band you get put on at least second on the bill yeah. And that's, it sounds like a small thing, but that's a huge thing. Yeah, it's definitely huge. Yeah, like a lot of our friends' bands are from out of town, and they come here, we help them out, we go there, they help us out. Yeah, to me, that is the biggest difference here. Yeah. Is that openness, that friendliness between, between different styles of bands. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Thank you so much. And people, like, thank you. People, like, people are just a lot more. One thing I would criticize about the, the, the Canadian, maybe a North American thing, is this, 
is the set times. Mm -hmm. Like starting a show at 10 p.m. Yeah, and stuff. they're like, so they're late. That's, it's like, that's especially a, on a yeah, weekday. Yeah. Like, and I, I get it. I get the bars are open till two. Yeah. Back home they're only open till one. Okay. But even then, like. The music will probably be finished by 11, 10, 11, and, and there'll be a, a cool indie DJ on or, 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 or a cover band or something like that. Yeah, for sure. Here it's like, okay, you're a headline band, you're going to go on at 1230. It's yeah. like, okay, well, I don't care about that, but like a lot of the people that are going to come to us might yeah. be like, shit, like. I got work tomorrow. Yeah, like, right? Especially yeah, if it's a weekday. Yeah. Like, I mean, we play pretty much all our shows at weekends now. For that reason, but yeah. like, but that's because we're lucky, right? Yeah. Other bands maybe. Honestly, you're not the first person to say that on this podcast. It's crazy. It's like, like back home, the first band goes on at seven thirty. Yeah. Three bands. The last band's done by ten, ten thirty. I'd be super down with that. It's you get to go home, change, and then head out for the night, and then get home and be able to go to bed before work. And yeah. yeah. It makes but, a lot of sense. Maybe I, there's a lot of. Right. Yeah, I mean, also you could just party all night and then yeah. go to work immediately yeah. after. I mean, well, like, there's yeah, a lot of shows I don't go to because they're on a weekday. You're and I not work the in only the person I've heard say that. Yeah. I, I mean, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I get it. It's not the promoters' fault or everything. It's the bar's fault, right? Because they're saying, well, you need to have the bar full until at least one. We shot two, so get a fucking covered band them for the last hour or. A, I mean, not that I'd ever advocate those fucking scumbags making money. But, <laughs> or like, get like a DJ that's playing like fucking good tunes, whatever. I don't know, yeah. fucking, or whatever. Just something, but yeah. like you don't need to have a band go on. Yeah. And, like, yeah. 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 It's it's. I feel it damages some, some, of the venues like turnouts. But, sure. but I would say the weekends is probably yeah. easier. Right? Weekends, if you want to start yeah. at nine, whatever. Yeah. Like people are going to be out until two in the morning. Yeah. Like the other weekend, I would run on at twelve thirty or something. And yeah. We, we played a bit longer than we probably were, we should have and everyone was there but I mean generally if it's a Tuesday night or something then yeah. you know you're headlining if some band from fucking wherever is headlining then yeah. they're not going to get to see no one's going to see them right? yeah. so. like on a weekday headlining isn't at like 12.30 it's more like 10 o'clock you know yeah. what I mean that's yeah. like when yeah, the headline should be anyway yeah. Yeah. Should be. <laughs> although I would say I guess you know if you're if you're good enough and you're where you are, you're where you want to be, then got yeah. the people are going to stay or whatever. Yeah, right? yeah. But like, I mean, those are for bigger bands too. You know what I mean? Like, those yeah, are yeah. the ones. Yeah. yeah. Or even just yeah. I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to screw up something. <laughs> I just yeah. I just, I just again, it is a, a a bit of a thing for. Well, not, it's tough to draw like, people out yeah. to those shows. Especially you know? people's parents and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, I know that's not who you're writing your tunes for and stuff, but, like, it's, you know, you want, people want their parents to be proud of them, oh, their yeah. uncles or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Or, like... Or people that have work at, in the morning. Yeah, I hate to bring it back to work, but, like, when it's you go true. in to work and you start at 9 o'clock or whatever and you're telling your friends, hey, man, I got a show tonight, what time are you on? Ah, oh, we can probably go on at, like, 11, 30, 12 o'clock. We'll catch you next time you play a weekend. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, in their head, it's like, well, and we're like, really, I, I see this guy once a week. I don't really care that much. Yeah. I care enough to go on a Saturday, but yeah. Tuesday well, night. That's why we, I mean, we pretty much exclusively just play on weekends. Yeah. Apart from our next show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, I mean, uh, yeah. that's, that's support, a bit of a We're supporting uh, In the Whale. Yeah, so okay. that's going to be cool. From Colorado. I don't know if you know those guys. No. Yeah, they played Lollapalooza last year. And, so when's that show? Uh, the 9th. The 9th. Okay. We're not supposed to be advertising it, but 
Is this going to be out before the 9th? I, I, it, it will be out next week. So it, that, that's yeah. okay. Yeah, <laughs> just, we're going to Steam Whistle thing, right? On the 12th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah we, like, we explained uh, that to... We explained that to Dickens and they were okay with it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Steam Whistle on the 12th. Yeah. yeah. That's the one we're pitching. Ghetto Boys, am I correct in that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, right on. The cave. New venue. Yeah. Cool. Drop by there a couple of times. It's, uh, I think you got it, man. It's yeah. cool. <laughs> <laughs> Right. What did you think when you heard our EP? What did you, what, st- I, what style? I don't mean, like what. What did you think of us? Like that's a, this band or that band or three words? Like, honestly, like <laughs> yeah. I, didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. Uh, <laughs> what are your three words to describe free the thin? <laughs> free the thin. <laughs> that's our weight loss program. We have a side job. <laughs> you wouldn't know to look at us, but yeah. yeah. Free the thinics. Yeah. 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 I, honestly, when I first heard it, I thought kind of. The first thing that came to my head was like kind of surf rock, oh, and then okay. I listened to it and I got more into it, and then I was like, "This is kind of like Modest Mouse." That's been said before, yeah. but combined with like surf rock. Actually, that was almost exclusively the beat re- review of our first EP. Yeah, yeah that's right. so I remember they were like Mike Bell. Sorry, it was the Herald. Yeah, and he said it was like vaccines and the Arctic monkeys. Yeah. Blows my mind. I don't think that at all. Yeah. I like that though. I like like stuff. I don't think modest mouse. I see. Yeah. I think with the vocal, it's, yeah. it's high and it's yeah. But honestly, that. like you know, you could take you know the Arctic Monkeys and Modest Mouse, yeah. and they kind of have a similar sound. Yeah. So like, yeah. Definitely. It's just yeah. like Modest Mouse comes to my head because I'm more familiar with Modest yeah. Mouse. Yeah. So. Arctic Monkeys like they're like it's like I feel like in 20 years time people are going to realize they are legendary. That guy's lyrics are just outrageous and so easy. So easy for him for a turn of phrase. So easy. He kills me. Yeah, yeah. There's some great tunes by them. Sorry, other than the Arctic Monkeys, like, what bands nowadays do you think will be remembered in, like, 20 years? Do you know what I mean? Are we talking, like... Bands that are still active but have had He's talking like, about like current running. bands. Well, like, yeah, because like, like I think like Queens of the Stone Age are going to be iconic of, yeah. of the last twenty years. Lot, almost, right? A lot of parallels between Arch Monkeys and Queens of the Stone Age yeah. there too, obviously. Like, but, what, what bands do you think will be like you know say the Pink Floyds or the Beatles or like the ACDCs or whatever of our generation? Yeah, like, I, I, I honestly think Arch Monkeys will be remembered. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I. And I after their latest release, it's hard to imagine, but I think Arcade Fire, in my head, are yeah. already got that Probably status. Probably one of the, like, the, the big Canadian acts that are going right. to stand out their for last album was several years. That new album's so disappointing. <laughs> like, I love that band, so I've seen them eight or nine times. Like, I, I've, I love them. And they are so good that they're able to make a shit album and get away with it, but yeah, I was disappointed with that one. Yeah. Uh, for me, the, one of the biggest influences in the last several years has been Mastodon, and that's going to be, like, to me, they're going to be regarded as the, the Metallica of the 2000s. Like, I agree. They're, they're so good, and, you know, Metallica had that stretch of, like, you know, uh, Master of Puppets and, like, the Black Album, where they were just on top of the genre. And that's where Mastodon's at, too. And, like, where, whether they go the same way Metallica did... Um, you know, it's it's kind of hard to stay edgy and relevant in a genre like that when you become successful. Yeah. Uh, I can imagine. I don't know what it's like, but <laughs> I imagine. But uh, you know, they're just such a riff-heavy band. They they change the way 
metal is perceived, I think, in a lot of ways too. Yeah. Like, you know, these are these are four dudes who aren't doing the the black leather and the spikes. They're like, you know, the first time I saw them, which was the show that got me into them, it was them supporting Slayer, Lamb of God, Children of Bodom. Uh, huge metal bands at the time. They were on their second album. Yeah. I saw that band. I was like, "That's my favorite band that I've ever seen." I was 18. I was yeah. full of angst, and it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. uh, but you know, the dude walked out in a John Deere T-shirt and like a trucker hat, and it's like Slayer is the headliner. What are you doing, dude? But he's he's making metal this like every man thing too, right? You don't have to be angry to be into metal anymore. I think yeah. is kind of what it's at, and it, maybe you never had. It didn't have to be that way. Maybe oh, you know, it helps. It, 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 it does help. Helps, I mean, yeah. you're full of fury, right? But yeah, uh, yeah I think Mastodon is is uh, going to be one of those bands too in the future. See, that's what I find interesting. I mean, like Joey's like, like that. Like he loves those bands. Like yeah. actually, like metal bands. Not so much Metallica, it, but Mastodon. Like I kind of started getting a bit more of an appreciation for that, the yeah. musicianship that goes into a lot of that. Mastodon but my is thing amazing. is. Yeah, I can see, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they're, sorry to interrupt, no, Rich, but I think Tools now, at the end of their life cycle, uh, I think that's to be expected when you're dealing with a guy like Maynard, who's yeah. not invested anymore. He's got yeah. his own thing going on. He's got but, multiple uh, things going on. Sorry? He's got, like, multiple projects oh, going yeah, on. Oh, yeah, and he's like, doing yeah. the wine thing and whatever. Uh, so they, they are kind of that band from the 90s, I would say, and into the 2000s, but from the 90s, uh, we're remembering them now as a, yeah. band, as a band from the 90s, and so in 10 years, Mastodon's going to be that band. I think, I, think, I think Metallica really sealed their place in history when they did an album with Lady Gaga. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean and that, then, that was just, it's a highlight, just right? Great. That's yeah. how you know you've made it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can get that. Like, they must have called Saya first, and she said no, so they went for the poor man Saya. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck her. Uh, yeah, yeah, so there's no animosity there. Sorry, um, Caitlin. No, I see that to me, like the like anger in music comes from the lyrics for me. Like, I, yeah. like I appreciate that that kind of anger in the musicianship, but to me, it's like <clears throat> the anger is more like a lyrical thing. Like, like Morrissey always did it really well. Those lyrics were so angry, but they're also they were beautiful to listen to, and they had a they had a, a kind of humorous angle to them. Yeah. I think <clears throat> like Nick Cave, Morrissey, Alex Turner, like guys like that are to me that kind of anger. Like that's that's what I feed off, right? Yeah. And like Alex Turner has a song called uh, Art Monks have a song called Fate Tales of San Francisco. And they have a lyric and it seems throwaway, but it just sums up Alex Turner how easy it is for me. It said. Uh, there's a place in England called Rotherham. It's in Northern England, it's a fucking shithole. And uh, he's th the whole song's about a band who think they're fucking superstars. And, and the lyric is, yeah, I'd love to tell you all my problems. You're not from New York City, you're from Rotherham. Just, <laughs> just right there, like, fuck you, man. He was 18 when he wrote that. And that's just one of, that's just one of the easy, like, that, he's just, stuff like that, that's an anger to me that's, that's it's more like uh, lyrical than, yeah. The, the musical. And is, is that kind of like what you, is that what you like hook on to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. is, it, is it more the lyrics for I you? I don't mean to. I, like, well, I mean, I'd like love to write a happy you're, song. You're I just a lyricist can't. though, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. So is that what yeah. you kind of like? Yeah. I just, because, uh, because like for me, for example, it's like, 
the lyric, like it's the music, you know, it's like, for example, for like in metal music, when I was an angsty teenager and stuff, I was into metal and stuff, but it was like the, because in metal music especially, you have no idea what they're fucking saying. Yeah. So like, that's my, yeah, that's why I can never absolutely. really, yeah. I can never really get into it. Because that's I, true. Hey, I need to know what the song's about. It's pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, you can't yeah. understand the words. There's, they're not really Especially going for like, notes or pitches. Like my heroes are like all lyricists, right? So yeah. like, it's hard for me to really, to really feel that yeah. like per- on a personal yeah, level. Yeah, like I totally get that because yeah. like, I mean, like I come from like the opposite spectrum of yeah. it, you know, like I come yeah. from the musical side, like I used to play bass and stuff yeah. and like... I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Good job giving up. You know, just to kind of, what that's making me think of is um, in metal though, the, the lyrics, the, the writing is really, really intelligent. Um, they're using bad dynamics going on there. Well, sure. even the the words they're using, even the, the the sad thing is you can't understand what they're saying because a lot of times they are saying something really profound or you know they're really. <laughs> it's what I fucking feel all the time. No one <laughs> understands what I'm fucking saying because of my accent. Yeah, <laughs> it's a fucking great lyric. <laughs> like, I don't know what did you say? There's something about a spaghetti. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is he so angry about spaghetti? Really? Weird. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but you know, like I was a big, I was a really big in Flames fan for a long time, like yeah. the nuclear metal stuff. And um, Anders Frieden is a phenomenal lyricist, but to to your outside listener who hasn't, you know, acclimatized to that sort of thing, they're not catching any of those words. And there's yeah. some great things that he's trying to say. I don't say know how in you that. would catch those words, uh, right? But, like, you, know, you got to read the booklet can, along yeah, to the yeah. album and decipher yeah. what's going on. But you know, there's there's a depth there. But I think that's kind of something that that shows up in metal is that. Uh, you get a lot of people who are digging really deep into the music they're making and trying to draw as much out of every note and every word as possible. And it's to be, it's totally respectable, but again, to an outside listener, it's really alienating. Yeah, uh, yeah that's, that's a good way. And that's, that goes back to what I was saying about learning not to overplay. Uh, I'm not saying that one genre is better than another. I'm just saying that one genre is definitely a lot more approachable than another. Yeah. Uh, and a lot more marketable in I, a lot I, of ways I understand too, so. that, I, I get why people like... And I have to say, like, before Joy died, that, that metal thing to me was just, like, not interesting at all. Like. Yeah. But then, yeah, it was that time you played me with that Mastodon, the new one they had. And was, yeah, yeah. And, it, and it, was, it, was, it was, like, super impressive, right? Yeah. But just, like, as a personal investment, it's hard for me to, to get into that. Yeah. I need to know what the song's about. Like, I need to, you know. Yeah. Well, again, like, being a lyricist and stuff, you know, sure you want to like hear what they're saying and stuff and yeah. it's not so much about yeah. like the yeah. crazy riffs and yeah. like the, the and I, 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 I like hugely appreciate that stuff yeah, but yeah, it's not no, yeah sure. you're right you're right and the melody is a big thing for me too and I yeah. I feel like a lot of that mu- the metal music just it just skips past melody yeah. they don't some of it's not the easiest yeah. listening in a lot of, yeah they use rhythm almost exclusively yeah. in a lot of ways and there's no right, real so. there's no real hooks in melody yeah. for me I'm kind of, I, I guess I'm a that would be the antithesis of metal, I think, if it was catchy. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's what's always on my, my mind. you from the scene. Even when writing a, a verse, I'm, I want I don't want people to be bored in the verse and then excited at the chorus. I'm like, yeah. I, I want it to be an exciting verse. A full trip all the way yeah, through. Yeah, yeah. And then it makes a fucking chorus really hard to fucking write. Yeah, oh, man. <laughs> Busted like, your like, balls in the verse already. Yeah. Like, coming from the other side, like, I completely... Like, I could never do it, but I can completely respect vocalists and, like, what they can do because I could never 
like I've tried, you know, I've ne- I cannot write lyrics to songs. It's like yeah. really difficult for me. Um, I think, I, yeah, I don't know. I grew up to like, I grew up to the doors and like, yeah. like uh, bands like that, like fucking Libertines are like my favorite ever band of all time. Like, it's all lyric heavy stuff and it's all it's there's a there's a mix of like like uh, like punky kind of lyrics like like for me the pistols when they first hit to be alive then like I, I was born after that but like to be alive then just want to make that clear I was born after that <laughs> but, uh, but to be alive then like I, I can't even well I can't imagine it because I, I was able to get it from other bands but like when they released like God Save the Queen, that single, like to fucking do that the way they did that, and the lyrics of that, how risky it was for them to do that, to me that is, that's everything. Like, like Dylan was like my fucking hero, right? He did that. He he. It was all about like, you can be as angry as you want, you can shout as loud as you want, but if you're shouting shit, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. You got you got to shout something where people are gonna listen to it and say fuck that was funny or that was actually made sense to yeah, me like you can shout that, like yeah. oh, I fucking hate the queen that's fine right? whatever I mean everyone hates fucking queen she's a cunt right? <laughs> but, like, but like he was he wasn't saying I hate the queen he was saying I hate this whole fucking establishment and here's why and this is why and people have never really outwardly musically anyway like, like said anything about that and then of course you had the queen is dead by the Smiths which was even better than that it went way above that and was so perfectly put it was so humorous it was so like he did it like I broke into this broke into the palace with a sponge and a rusty spanner like to assassinate her right (laughs) she said I know you and you cannot sing he said that's nothing you should hear me play piano (laughs) I mean imagine I'm going to sing a song about hate the queen but you ended up saying I hate the queen but I'm also shit at piano like (laughs) it's just so like that kind of turn of phrase has always made me really intrigued and uh, yeah yeah. and I feel like that's maybe like what that is missing just like speaking of like lyrics and whatnot um, I'm not really like a fan of hip hop music but there are certain people out there who say something through hip hop music that's like just so pure of a concept. Oh, they have, they have a, they have a, they have a really nice uh, vehicle to do that. Yeah. Because yeah. they don't have to fit it into uh, four to, bars, sixteen bars. Melodic, they can go know? on and on. Yeah. There's a guy from sorry, there's yeah, a guy, there an English guy called Akala, A K A L A, and he's he's like a hip hop guy and he's, he's super political. Yeah. And it's it's life affirming. You listen to this guy and it's fucking incredible. Yeah. His whole sh- thing is uh, the, the, the UK set up of the rich and the poor and all that kind of stuff and it's and it's I sit and listen to that stuff and I'm like wow well, I could never do that that's yeah. incredible hip hop is crazy yeah like yeah. I mean I guess a bad rap from a lot of people but yeah I think if you dig deep enough you get I mean Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick it's Lamar such a, is such a yeah. cliched thing for a bunch of white guys to talk about at the table right? <laughs> he, like, he makes his like he mixes things so fucking well between that approachability and still getting that anger out and the, the aggression that he says it with. But, but like he also doesn't glorify 
that, the, like the, yeah. the gangster lifestyle. And that's he, what he, I'm saying. He, he talks about that enough to to still be in there. But yeah, he, but I mean he that guy's a, that guy's a, a fucking genius, yeah. man. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Sage Francis. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's this like 40-year-old white dude from, I think it's Chicago. Uh, I think he's currently working on a project called Epic Beard Men, which, you know, I mean, at 40, I'm the not to put a, yeah, <laughs> not, not to put like a timeline on things, but like in a lot of cases, uh, you know, you hit 40 and, and you're in a different phase of your life. Uh, compared to when you started out your career at 18, right? So you're a totally different direction. And so he's gone that different direction. But uh, I remember the first time I heard him, I was, it was two in the morning. I was just finishing up a shift. I had like, I was driving my company van and uh, this tune comes on and one of the lyrics is, I'm just a man in a company van with a coworker who's always like, just cover me, man. And a, and a, and a manager who just does a summary scan. And it's just like, you know, man, like, so relevant exactly where I'm sitting you know and just how it reached out and and I've been a huge fan ever since I don't know that's not a great story compared to the way uh, no, Rich brings yeah. up lyrics oh, but yeah. it really just like to totally hit, you, right? hit home yeah. and, like, and that's the thing about lyrics too is they can they can hit you you know and then yeah. you'll hear like just like those two lines of lyrics you'll be like that completely relates to my yeah. life right now yeah. yeah it could be something something simple that for the writer yeah. it's a, not throw away but like Someone just, just saying just what's on the cup. For someone else, it's like, fuck, that changed my life right yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like the beauty of lyrics. Yeah. And like, it's crazy how music in general is crazy how we incorporate all these sounds and things and we bring them together to yeah. make something beautiful, yeah. you know. What I, I, mean? a, like, I couldn't have put that any better. <laughs> There's a, this movie called The History of Future Folk. I go for and it's, uh, it's a movie essentially about that concept. Uh, this alien shows up on Earth and he's supposed to colonize it for his people. And uh, he hears music for the first time because it's just a totally foreign concept. And immediately he changes his mind. He becomes basically the guardian of Earth. Uh, he basically wears a giant solo cup as a helmet. He's not, this is not a serious movie. <laughs> but uh, it's really cool how uh, they just kind of approach that concept of like, Maybe music doesn't exist outside of the human race. Like this is a, it could be a very human thing that we've created because there's, there's no other animals that we know of. Maybe you know, like uh, birds and stuff. Birds, maybe, but, but again, maybe that's just a, their form of communication. Maybe it's not. It could music. just be our, like our version of talking. That's yeah, yeah. You can convey even more emotion through music than I think you can through conversation. Yeah. Which, uh, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. Well, but it's kind of uh, like yeah. how you know, like you play a minor chord. And it evokes totally like, alter it's the, like sadness and yeah. stuff. And, and it's a, a difference of chord. one fret on one string on a guitar. You know, it's what it's five percent different, but it's totally different it's in its feeling. Different. And like all music is made out of the same notes. There's yeah. only so many notes, you know what I mean? But every yeah. single song has been made from those notes. Yeah, and when you think about if you if you've got twenty six letters in the alphabet, there's 11 or sorry 13 letters in the musical alphabet yeah. so 13 notes at different octaves yeah i mean it, 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 but that makes up all of our music yeah it's surprising <laughs> to see and how many songs do you know you know more than 13 songs yeah you know exactly. you know more than one song for each note available to that musician so yeah. which is pretty remarkable i mean as a drummer i don't know anything about notes <laughs> uh, boom crash thump smash right whatever uh, more rhythmic based, but uh, you know, with with notes, it's something that I've struggled to try to learn. Um, I wish I had tried when I was younger. Uh, I picked up the guitar first and 
didn't didn't click. And then uh, drums. Actually, I started music maybe older than the average player. Uh, I was probably 14, 13 or 14 at the time. Uh, maybe even a little bit older than that. And uh, you know, I wish I had started earlier, but where I was from and you know my family just not into music uh, no musicians in the family really so it just never occurred to me or anybody around me that music might be what I was into because yeah. uh, I grew up in a really small town um, 150 people total uh, for 18 years of my life knew the same people really really small scale view of the world at that point but uh, you know, if you weren't riding dirt bikes or playing hockey, you weren't anybody. Yeah. Um, and then music kind of happened uh, in grade, I think it was grade eight for me. So I don't know how old you are, probably 14, 13, 14, yeah, 14 something, like something like that. And uh, that was kind of it for me. I was like, yeah, this is, and drums in specific was just, it just clicked and that's what I wanted to do. Uh, and I've been doing it ever since. And it's been a huge, huge part of my life. Yeah. Uh, I took some time off from music and uh, I got really, really low uh, during that. I just wasn't happy with what I was doing, how I was spending my time. Um, and then I got back into it, and it's been okay, fucking go. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, to follow up on that, actually, uh, I find it really hard to write music myself because I haven't had any, like, I didn't have a difficult life at all. I had super supportive parents who like helped me move my drum set into the show or into the venue. Let me practice at home. You know, made the little triangle cut sandwiches for me and my bandmates. Look at me, I've got parents. Okay, so that's what I was about to say. Is like I'm so grateful that that uh, Rich has gone through enough hard times for the both of us. <laughs> that between the two of us, we can come up with a halfway decent song. Or between the four of us, I should I say. I actually appreciate that. You know, because like I think true art comes from tribulation. Uh, I really actually, it's such a wanky thing to say, but I really agree with that. Yeah. And I can't write a happy, I cannot write a happy song. I wrote a song for my wife years ago, and, and it's, I love the song, it's great. And I sat down and said, I'm going to write a song about my wife, I love her. She came out really angry. <laughs> Fuck everyone else, I love you! Yeah. It just, I, was, I couldn't even, I couldn't, you know one of the lyrics are is, uh, uh, Ah, I forgot. But it was all like really like like it was me and her against all the rest of the world. I was like, how did that happen? I didn't mean that. <laughs> like Scottish people just have to be angry. Just got it. Like the Scottish versus the Irish. <laughs> or the Scottish versus the English. No, the Irish. The we English. love the Irish. Or the yeah. Scottish versus yeah. the Scottish. Yeah. But yeah, I think actually Joey's right. It's such a cliche, but I, I really believe that. I mean, yeah. like the best part. I really, yeah. I well, do you see it happen to a lot of bands. Uh, as the success grows, the 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 fight's gone. You know, like uh, look at. Um, it's true. You're living a great life. You're happy. Yeah. You're healthy. Well, you know, there's there's stories of like I can't remember specifically who it was. I want to say it was like not Twisted Sister, but like a hair metal band, and they just they just stopped making music because they're like we got nothing to say anymore. You know, yeah, we we're probably making, a good thing if it was Twisted Sister. Well, I mean. <laughs> You weren't there. Well, I mean, you were probably born around then. So. <laughs> I'm fucking four years older than you. Yeah, I'm Scottish, four years older than you. Totally fine. <laughs> nah, that's not true. That's like 20. No. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, they, they they ran out of things to say. They didn't have the problems. They didn't have that edge anymore. And you know what? what? For the probably for the better, because then you start writing like shit music. I love a lot of bands that have 
gone south on me because their success outran their... It's a weird one, though, because, like, you look at bands like Kings of Leon. Like, I remember when Kings of Leon first, first hit, I was, like, I was obviously back home, and I remember hearing that first album, I was like, fuck! I was like, oh my god. I was like, this is... This is rock and roll right here. And I was like, this is The Strokes without the sheen. And I fucking love The Strokes. And it's still kind of like them. But like, Kings of the Own came out and I was like, fuck, these guys are, the guys are writing about anal sex and coke and fucking, I was like, this is, and the guy can't really sing in it. So I was like, these fucking guys, this is brilliant. And I went to see them a bunch of times. I was like, man, this is the epitome of when you're from Scotland or whatever you see these like American rock stars these were American rock stars the Strokes were American rock stars these are like Velvet Underground I can imagine that would have been and I remember seeing Kings Leon and being like fuck and then that second album was incredible I was like they've done the follow up these guys and then the third album kind of went but then everyone was like oh they've sold out they've sold out in my head I was like I'd usually be in that chorus of fuck you guys I don't I, I just feel like they had what what would they have done like what were they going to do well, they can't they write were, about talking about fucking groupies and prostitutes yeah. I mean guys shagging Kirsten Dunst or whoever it was I, like and they were they got booked to play in fucking 80,000 seater stadiums like you can't you can't write yeah, that, like, that, you that know, little scuzzy fucking nobody like, wants to hear about yeah, that well, not, not that they don't want to I mean it just doesn't like, work right well yeah. like also they want music that they can relate well, to too right you're getting played yeah. on fucking you're getting played on like fucking scuzzy indie radio but you're also getting played on BBC2 radio because you're now a fucking mainstream band like, yeah. it's a really difficult I always thought they got a lot of grief for just just turning into a band that they kind of had to turn into yeah, yeah. I, I really don't think they'd sat down and made a conscious decision like let's make this fucking middle of the road mute not that yeah well it is that now I just I feel, kind of feel bad for those guys but that's exactly what you're saying they weren't doing that stuff anymore they were, you can't write about that stuff if it's not happening, right? Like, there'd be no point in me writing, like, about, I don't know, living in fucking Edinburgh and I don't live in Edinburgh anymore, right? Like, it's, it's, they can't write about snorting coke off groupies' assholes when, when they're, when they're not doing that. They're, they're in their mansions eating their dinner at 8 o'clock, yeah, right? Yeah, they're filet mignon for yeah, fucking lines. It's kind of like, what do you do? Like, yeah. There's other bands that deserve that criticism, but I don't... I, I feel like they don't, although uh, their songs now are just, I just don't, they're just crap, I don't like to listen to it, <laughs> but I feel like it's kind of not their fault, you know, like, yeah. wow. There's uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Winter Sleep at all, um, their first three albums are some of the best music that Canada produced, in my opinion, and I don't know when those albums came out, uh, like the last ten years, yeah. I would guess, I mean, they've got six albums now, but those first three were so good they were so good and then this they're an east coast band so they got a bit of that like oh, vibe, but it was never really that present and it still isn't super present like you know how you know you hear that oh it's an east coast band you automatically expect like the bower and drum and like the very east coasty sound and it's, it's, it's not that it's boran boran sorry my bad he would get it right fucking guy <laughs> Um, you know, but uh, and none of the fiddle shit and all that, right? It's uh, Fidel. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> not talking about your favorite dictator. <laughs> he is my favorite. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. You guys keep going on this. I am taking. 
Oh, you're gonna re- you're gonna regret gonna this one. Sit here in silence. Gotta hear that guy. Fucking guy. Why do you keep asking us all these questions? <laughs> Interviews usually done by ten minutes. Jesus in. Christ, we haven't got that much to say. We'll be getting a beer. Well, with Winter Sleep though, he's like, so uh, handsome that, though. <laughs> with Winter Sleep, those first three albums just had a darkness. You to know them. what? That's a band I need to really delve into. Uh, they grew out of that that dark. Uh, some of that America song was good. It you was know good. what? I was saying about Supergrass earlier. You should check out because they're amazing. Is um, Supergrass Portugal the Man? Are oh, yeah. pretty much what they're not. They're probably not as uh, rocky as Supergrass, but okay. the the uh, variety between yeah, all their yeah, songs yeah, yeah, is the yeah. same. I fucking love Portugal. Uh, I've been listening Best nonstop band. for like two days. Now. I don't oh, know man. I just say work Single of the summer is that. Feel it still, still brilliant. Sure. That lyric is so good. I'm a yeah. rebel just for kicks. Yeah, ah, of it's course. so good. Because, like you were saying, though, it's not that he tried super hard to come up with that. It's just that he put it in the right well, spot. And you know what? He probably did. But it's the way you deliver it sometimes comes off. Is that if you can come up with a fucking like a great lyric and make it sound throw off. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. That's what Alex Turner does so well. But that one, I think that's the epitome I'm of that. I'm a rebel hey? just for kicks. Yeah. So that, what Cause a even the way he delivers it, yeah. it's just because uh, that's so the opposite of what someone being rebellious would say. Like, ah, oh, it's just for kicks. Yeah, like, it's yeah. such a clever turnaround Absolutely. in the same sentence. Yeah. Yeah. But I've been a Portugal yeah. the Man fan for a few years. Okay, uh, and they are they're brilliant. Like, they're from one album to the next. There was a couple of years where they would do two albums in a year. I think it was 2006 or 2007. 2005, 2007, something like that. Uh, one of them, uh, one of them, I think it was 2007, was uh, an album called "The Satanic Satanist," and the other one was, and it's totally escaping me. It was along the same themes, uh, but it was basically the the positive equivalent of the Satanic Satanist. Okay. I, I can't remember what it was called. So like the Heavenly God or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but it, it had a, yeah, I can't quite remember. I can find out for you. It's not a big deal. Yeah. But uh, one was essentially the acoustic version of all the songs and then yeah. one was the electric version of all the songs. Okay. But the one before that, they had an album and I think it was the year Church Melt came out, which was to me their breakout album. Uh, that was an, a phenomenal album. Um, and they also came out with an album called... Um, it's complicated being a wizard, I think is what it was called, <laughs> and that was just the most avant-garde, pretentious, fucking thing I have ever heard them do, and I love it because I love the band. Um, the first song was called "It's It's Complicated Being a Wizard," and it was a medley of of the following ten or twelve songs, and then the following ten or twelve songs were "Red Magic," "Black Magic," "Blue Magic," "Opal Magic," "Amber Magic," <laughs> like. You know, there's no way for you to possibly know by hearing the song that it was called what it was called. Yeah. But man, where they went with the music and how diverse that album was and just how diverse their entire catalog is as a band, um, just so fantastic, so good. They've got some really rockin' tunes. They've got some, like, just pop anthems. It's it's crazy. They're so good. And uh, actually, if I was going to recommend any album for somebody to jump in to Portugal the Man, it would be... Uh, I think it was 2014, uh, Evil Friends. No, I'm fine, thanks. Evil Friends, uh, Holy Roller, that tune. Evil Friends is our best album. Evil Friends is definitely the album to get in on. Holy Roller is fucking Holy Roller is a great song. Um, But yeah, that's that's a really strong album. And they had another one after that, uh, The Mountain in the Clouds, uh, and then the current album called Woodstock. And actually, I learned something from X about them, is that they come up with the album name first, and then they write all the songs. Interesting. Which is weird. 
Huh. Yeah. It gives it like a theme? Yeah, I don't, I don't really think they go for a theme. I don't know what it is, but the album name comes first, <laughs> apparently. Huh. Yeah. Bad news for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, That's a really clever idea. Yeah. What's your guys' kind of opinions on like the direction that music is heading currently? Horrible. I mean, <laughs> it is. As as a commercial product, yeah. It's horrible. As an art form yeah. though, like you can look at people that are emerging, like LP for example. You can't look at them. You can't look at them. No. You have to fucking dig yeah, so hard right. to find them. You're right. LP, I mean what LP we're presented is with fucking fantastic. What we're presented with as a designer music, right? Like as a designer product for the masses, a lot of it's pretty garbage. It's fucking uh, bullshit. I agree. You're fucking Harry Styles. Guy's being sued. There's seven different bands for accusing him of plagiarism. He has been an artist for six months. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know how, how it'll affect his finances? By 1%. Yeah. Like me buying a few beers tonight. That's yeah. how much his... Fuck, probably it's less, fucking man. awful. And that's after already singing other people's songs for 10 years and fucking kills sex toy band. Like, like, what, it's what it's it, so easy called? for me to sound bitter that about was, this. Uh, was that band One called? Direction. What, was that them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, right. Fuck off. Yeah, yeah. No, but I, I don't right. even. I, I don't even. Else. I don't even fucking blame them that much. Like you're nah, a fucking. You're a seventeen-year-old guy, and you, you're good-looking. Like I get it. Yeah. But don't fucking, don't fucking start telling me that you're writing songs. Like that. His single was just the most rip-off song I've ever heard. I can't even. Specify who ripped off it was so many, like, and, 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 that, and that's not a new thing, right? Like, I get it. Like, Oasis ripped off fucking everyone, yeah. and I Led grew Zeppelin. up to Oasis, right? Led Zeppelin, but, but yeah. I guess way back then it's kind of different. But like, Oasis ripped off, like, intentionally ripped off a bunch of people. Cigarettes and alcohol, which is banger gone by T Rex, right? And I get that. But at least they were fucking writing it themselves. At least they were writing that amongst a bunch of other great songs that weren't ripped off. Like, he is... That guy there is, like, one of the biggest stars in the planet, right? Uh Justin Bieber, like, whoever. It's so easy for us to sound better about this because, oh, they're not making the money they are. Fine. That that actually is part of it. I I fucking hate that they, they... All they have to do is have someone else... Beyonce's last album, that Lemonade... Was held up as some fucking feminist, fucking uh, yeah, look. His exactly. eyes like terrified. Like, <laughs> like, like some like feminist fucking uh, yeah, yeah. poster Damn girl. Seventy-two yeah. writers on that album. Ninety yeah. percent of them were men. Yeah. That's fucking bullshit. That's plagiarism. If I did that, I would never fucking get a gig again. And rightfully so. Yeah. That's where I see right now. But she looks at Jay Z like so lovingly, so <laughs> right? Like yeah. fuck that shit. And I fucking love Jay Z. And I actually think Beyonce's like mad talented, great yeah, singer. Super. Like, but fuck that. Yeah. I could. I'm, that I music could, is a product. Seventy-two. Right? Music is a service. Seventy-two almost, right? writers on your album. Seventy-two. Yeah. There's not that many that's writers on a mental. TV show. Yeah. It's like, right. It's, that, it's, I mean, that's insane. It's, it's like what you said. It's it's music as a product. Now. Yeah. yeah, it's we need it to be and catchy it, so yeah. that like we can sell it to the masses. It's not. It, it just shows come from anywhere. Just shows that that shit that it's lowest common denominator. Yeah, you know, people's daughters are holding her up as this like Aretha Franklin figure. Yeah, fuck that. It's yeah. fucking offensive. Like that's horrible. 
fuck that shit. And then them, her doing that song about him cheating on her, and him doing that song about him not cheating on her oh, on yeah. the same label. It's just, it's just yeah. filthy, man. It's, it's horrible. All, it's all about the drama now, and it's all about, oh, like... When you actually, but like, it, it's not surprising when you talk to like the average person about music, they have no fucking idea. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm really happy you said that. Like, I'm they saying. just do not have. They're not as passionate as about it. As you say, see the you grief or us to or see like, it from the inside versus from the outside, right? Yeah. Because what why, why would you? you? It's on? just a. Fu- it's just a fun song, right? Yeah. It's just a a sing along song. It's fun. So exactly. Everyone can get behind it. No one cares about why. Yeah. Drake has been sued three times for plagiarism. One of the most successful artists on earth. Yeah. He's there not is, even writing his own shit. All he has to do is get fucking. Artist. All he has yeah. to do is get get people to write his shit for him yeah. and turn up with his and fucking mental precision hairdo and fucking play a shit show like just sing every third word. It's, it's nonsense. Yeah. What the fuck am I busting my ass for this shit? Yeah. Well, you're not pretty enough to make it in pop. Well, that's probably why. <laughs> and you're busting your ass for, like, the real fans of music, you know? It's such a shitty thing to say, though, right? I know, but, like, that's... And you sound I'm, like I'm, a prick for but saying But unfortunately, that, but like, that's how it is. Yeah. Like, you t- you sell music to the average person, they're into Beyonce, they're into Drake, they're into all these mainstream things, because it's catchy, they can sing along. It's a formula. Yes, Bo- exactly. Bo Burnham, Bo Burnham, Burnham does the... Repeat stuff. I could talk about this for another 12 hours in here, which I'd be very happy to do right now. <laughs> but Bo Burnham's repeat stuff will do it more eloquently and perfectly than I ever could. It's a song that is fantastic. A like, total brilliantly catchy. Music. Yeah. And, he, and, he, and he just lays it all out there. And any single person who listens to that song and still doesn't realize that these people are fucking frauds, these people are pirates, then they're fucking, they don't deserve to be at my, our shows. I don't, they don't deserve to be at any shows. But that, like, it's, it was so easy for him to write that song because it's so easy for them to write that song. And it's fucking disgraceful. But the fact that they're, they're targeting eight-year-old girls with that shit, it's, it's fucking disgusting. I, I, I well, I'm just. I feel like everyone thinks I'm angry and like I get. He is angry, like, but, uh, but that I, pisses I, me off, right? I know, I, I get it, yeah. I totally. And like, why I, am I, I busting I, my ass writing lyrics about shit that makes me feel like garbage on stage when I have to sing it? Yeah. When they're singing about fucking nothing. Like, yeah, it's yeah. definitely bullshit stuff no. for sure. No. And like, it's it's so crazy that it's been boiled down to a science. It's like it, it these, really has been. Yeah. Like, you, you're these saying melodies that. are going to make people feel this way. You know I think I mean? a lot of the people that are listening to that, they know that already and they yeah. still don't care. Well, that's even worse. It's because they don't care enough about music. Yeah. You know? And they that's what care. the same people that will say, oh, no, I'm a huge music fan. Ah. I love music. Like, music is my thing. Yeah. When was the last fucking time you went to a show? Oh, well, I saw... Uh, I saw Katy Perry. I saw, Perry. I saw, I saw Brian saw Adams when he was here the last. Stadium. Fuck yeah. off. <laughs> Fucking Foo Fighters. <laughs> Started on that shit. Um, Most overrated band in history. Uh, go easy. At least he's a good role model. I love Dave Rowe. He's a wonderful <laughs> man. And he's a cracking drummer. Just... Yeah, quiet verse, quiet verse, quiet. Low chorus! Every song. Every fucking song. Yeah. Like. like, to be honest, I'm not a huge Foo Fighters fan no. either. Like. I get why people like that, but... Concert, uh, my first he's so likable, too. So. Like, I love Dave Grohl. But fuck, they're all their so- the pretender is pretty. Yeah. 
Like I have. Well, nothing. they pretend it was a rip off of one of their own songs. I have nothing against. <laughs> well, at least they one got the rights. Yeah, at least, they're ripping them, at least they're ripping themselves off, right? I have absolutely nothing against the Foo Fighters. They're just not for me. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah, a well, lot of people have probably gotten past that point uh, as yeah. a music person, right? Yeah, very true. Uh, I think they, were, I, I think the Foo Fighters put on a great show, yeah. and I and I get why people like them, and I actually don't hate them. Yeah. But they do seem to have a formula for every song. It's that quiet verse, jaggy, build up. Lucas! Like every single time. And it's like, they're better musicians than that, right? I feel like you get to a certain point, and like, it's kind of like movies nowadays. It's like. Everyone's a remake, right? Well, yeah, but, but because it's so expensive to do things. That you need you it to be, a, you winner. need to be, a, it to be. A success. I guess, yeah. yeah. You know that's what? I've never really comic, thought of that. That's yeah. why they're making comic book movies because they know that they're gonna, you know, yeah. I guess that, they're gonna hit that's something. That's why they've got them planned until twenty thirty. But then that just point. goes back to our original yeah. point, right? It's yeah. fucking horrible way for music to be. Exactly. Music used to be a precious, like a precious thing. thing yeah. That like it was like a, a thing that that really like, like if you were a, if you were a. Dylan fan back in the day, you were on like, the fringes of that society. Like, yeah. You were a scumbag. You were going right? to you were a, clubs. Right? If you were a, a, a Pistols fan, you were like, man, you're like, most people hate you because of yeah. this. You're, you're like, yeah, but this is my thing. Like, this is what, this is why I'm excited about this. Now it's like, those kind of bands, like the Orwells, I love that band. I feel like they are a kind of a Pistols band. And, they're never going to get the shows that the Foo Fighters get, right? Yeah. Have you ever seen the Orwells on Letterman? No. <laughs> you want a fun five minutes? You type in the Orwells on Letterman. So the guy, the singer turns up, like, his eyes are, I'm not, they're literally rolling in the back of his head. Not that I would advocate that. So you know how Letterman only, a band he loves, he'll ask them to do the same song again? He only asks one every, like, eight bands to do that, right? So the Orwells go on, they've been fucking touring for however long. Singers, out of it. Out of it. Like, out of control. And they play the song, I forget the song, it's brilliant. Great band. And they're a proper punk band. Like, not how you Americans say punk, like an actual (laughs) punk band. They're not Blink-182 is not punk. Like an actual punk band. That's pop punk. (laughs) Just pop. It's fucking nonsense. <laughs> I wish you'd. <laughs> I will not complete that sentence. I uh, I hate them. They're awful. I had to. I got dragged to see them one time, and I it was easily the worst show I've ever seen. Them. And I've been dragged to see Coldplay. It was it was not quite as bad as the Coldplay show I've been to. <laughs> so anyway, so Arnold, so he plays, and he's on late night TV. First time ever. They're, the guy's are like 19. They got plucked out of nowhere for this gig. They, I, I think they had just got signed. It, it was like uh, Letterman just got like a hard on for these guys and put them on this show. The guy's fucked. He finishes the song. I'm not exactly <laughs> For those of you who can't see, Rich Paxson is lying on the floor <laughs> singing to himself. So <laughs> Letterman. So they finish and Letterman's like, how about that? And everyone's like, whoa! Like, fuck. Forgets half the words, everyone. But it's, it's one of those like, 
pistols kind of punky things right? yeah. clash kind of in your face and then yeah. uh, Letterman's like Ken we're going to ask you to do it again the singer's like nah <laughs> he's like nah I cannot he's like you have to he's like nah I don't think he understood what a compliment it was yeah. and he was just like nah it walks off stage <laughs> so you know the bald keyboardist that Letterman has he takes the singer's place and starts right to the right on the ground <laughs> but that kind of shit is like it just doesn't happen anymore man I can't think of a band like who got the the who ended up as big as these pop artists we're talking about yeah that weren't that were doing proper like mu- like Heart rock and roll music, music yeah. I mean the Strokes were one of them they got huge right Kings of Leon you look at bands now and like who, who is there like that who, there's no there's not really a, a personality there. Like, there's, I mean, there's no one that's like not a real one. There's no one that's like nothing more than a manufactured face, yeah, right? right? And yeah. th- but there is, especially, especially there is. They're just not getting. Music. They're not getting uh, profiles. They're not getting people. They don't want to. Like back in the day, like growing up to Oasis, Liam Gallagher getting caught coming out of a club with coke hanging out his nose, like fighting photographers. That was like front page news. Yeah. Now back home, it's like. Harry Styles fucked another model. Like, yeah. Who cares? Like, well, it's it, just I don't I don't feel like that. Like my kids, if I have kids, they're gonna grow up to fucking what? No one. Yeah. You know, bands that maybe you have to dig deep to find, and it's just gonna be like, what is their inspiration gonna be? Nothing really, right? Yeah. It's hard to put that blame on artists, though. I think I don't think the blame I don't is think on it, them. It's, it's I think not the even. I think it's, it's definitely business of music. Definitely uh, not the artist. Well, there's, and, there's and just as ex- many bands like that. They're well, just not getting. And by extension, though, you have to. We know fucking half of them, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. like, like all bands that like I think are writing songs that were fucking incre- like great bands, but they don't. It's not. It's not. It's not going to sell a bunch of records to kids, right? Like, you, kids used to want that. Now they don't. Because X Factor, The Voice, all that yeah, shit. Yeah, you have all these singing shows as well yeah. that like completely you, dilutes the market. And you like, don't need to be able is, to write a song, right? Like to find good music nowadays, you really have to search. Like, because the the you do. like with the advent of technology and stuff, things like SoundCloud, things like Bandcamp, the saturation. It's super saturated. Yeah. Spotify. Like. Anybody can make a band, and anybody <coughs> can put their stuff on the internet to get it to list, like to get you to listen to it. Yeah. But you think Nicki Minaj would have been famous? Around the time of Aretha Franklin? Fucking no, she wouldn't. And it's not like. Nicki Minaj has like a marketing team, you know what of I course. mean? Of course, and it's not like, her fault. Yeah. But it's, 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 it's our fault. We're sitting here talking about it. What have we done about it? Fuck off. <laughs> We've done nothing about it. Yeah. There's no. I mean. We need a fight club for yeah, the music industry. This, yeah. Just, <laughs> just blow it all up, bring it down to zero. True. <laughs> it's fucking true. Yeah, Harry Styles and Liam Gallagher in a room they go at fight it. each other. Yeah, see what happens. One of them is going to have a knife on them. The other one's going to be Harry Styles. Liam's probably got a knife. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, I, I don't know. I just, it's. A, I feel like a lot of this stuff is just cliched things for a a singer to say that's in a rock and roll band sounds better. But I, it's real. I, I, if I was an eighteen year old in a rock and roll band right now, I'd be like, I write the best songs in the world and what. What's the point? Yeah. One in fifteen hundred of them get noticed, right? Yeah. One in that one in fifteen hundred in each city gets national. And that one in fucking it just 
it's so fucking pointless. If you're getting into this to get any kind of like, be rich, fame or like, it's just pointless. Yeah, no. But then I that then feeds into what you were saying earlier about the writing stuff, right? Yeah. You, you fuck those people. And, I don't know. You I do it because you love it, right? And you do it because yeah. you and also you it. hate it though. Yeah. You, you love it. Like, I, think, love, I, I love think, to hate it too. I think is a big part of it too. I think everybody in the music <laughs> industry fucking hates the music industry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't hate the music industry? Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking horrible. What I was gonna say, uh, it's a go. fucking it's awful. <laughs> I'd rather be a. I'd literally rather be a prostitute. I'm not. I'm not making a joke. I'd rather be a prostitute. Then you what, get better represented. You make more money. Yeah. You don't have to give enough as much of yourself away. It's true. But, uh, shit, train of thought just totally left the station. Whenever <laughs> <Never mentioned, laughs> I mention prostitutes, you get yeah. something. Oh, yeah, man. All I can think about. Um, oh, just, like, people who, like, listen to music on a regular basis. Um, it's it's kind of weird, because, like, I'm a drummer in a band. Uh, really? I wouldn't go so far well, as to say I'm a musician, because, again, like I was saying earlier, no notes. It's not real. It's all made up. That's bullshit. Um, he's, a, he's a wonderful musician. But I, uh, I can't passively listen to music because when it's on it takes priority yeah. to me I'm an active listener hate that. someone puts yeah. on a song they're like start like, I'll listen to the song and put it on and start talking halfway through I can't like, do it man I'm listening to yeah. the song I can't, but that's I can't the whole, listen to music the whole. while I work because I can't work yeah. while I'm listening to music I'm focusing on what's happening in that song I'm, I'm following the singer on the journey right? they, put, yeah. they put out but then, but then that's the thing that, that, that that's the difference what we were saying earlier someone that's in a boy band or whatever you don't have to wait that long for... Yeah, the hook's yeah, in yeah, the yeah, first yeah, right 15 there, seconds yeah, of the song. Yeah, yeah. They repeat it six yeah. more times and the song yeah. is over. Yeah. And I do respect that because you got to make things interesting, but yeah. It's like, but I mean, like... you. Listen oh, there's to, a guitar. Uh, you listen to something like Tool or Mastodon or yeah. any, like, I don't know, like, anything really that doesn't suck. Yeah. There's always those points in the song where you're like, oh my God, this this yeah. part is coming like up. I'm two so minutes excited in, you're like, Have you oh, heard... Um, <laughs> Vessels? Yeah, you probably have. <laughs> I was going to say uh, The Last Baron by Mastodon. Oh, God, yeah. To me, that's probably, like, that's my favorite song written in the last, uh, that's my favorite song. That's yeah. my favorite song. Um, it's like 13 minutes. I'm never yeah. bored. That's no. an adventure. And, you know, to extrapolate on that point is that that's a 13-minute song, and I love the whole song. When I sit down and listen to music, I sit, I sit down and I listen to albums. Yeah. Um, because I know that when they made that album, they made it as one cohesive yes. kind of thought, right? And that's how I listen to music. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people will put on a, a playlist. They have it's, never made a playlist. Yeah. It's all about songs I hate that nowadays. Playlist. It's all about individual yeah, songs. It's then, not about then, the album. But then like, that's one thing we got to look at. I agree with you both on the album thing. It should be a, a body of work, right? Yeah. Like, I, I, like, you don't read one chapter of a book exactly. and judge the book by that chapter. Exactly. But you're wrong. People do now. Don't even read books. Yeah. You just read one chapter on a on a an iPad and I don't like this or I do like this. You don't let it get into. They would never read fucking Keats or Wild now. Yeah. It would be too 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 laborious for them. Yeah. Right? And that's not their fault. It's society. It's and I'm like, talking like it's I'm, the way, I'm, the way it's the instant thing. gratification just the of way it the is, way right? things work. So now, now with Spotify and stuff like that, I, I I agree with you on the album thing, but it's one of the, you have to do that now. You have to make yeah. sure that every song's interesting because That's how you're no successful. one's going to sit and listen to an album. No. 
And it's and fucking horrible and I hate it, but yeah. that's just the way it is, right? Like, I mean, one of my favorite bands, like, actually, sorry, my all-time favorite band is Pink Floyd. Mm-hmm. And, like, they... Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine then if they came out now, nobody would no, listen. To nobody them. would. They give would never a fuck even get a gig. No, they would. Imagine trying to put would give a Pink Floyd on at the fucking like wherever around in Calgary. Yeah. Like, yeah, they're great, nobody. but you have to wait for twenty-five minutes yeah. till they get great. Like, nobody would give yeah. a fuck about Pink they don't Floyd want to if hear they that. came out. They put an day. album in it. If there's a four-minute intro, like, oh, it's bullshit. Yeah. yeah, and that's all of our <laughs> where's, faults. Right? Where's the drop? Yeah, yeah exactly. But that's all of our faults. Like, where does it come? We're all responsible for that. All of us. But I mean, like as a band, I feel like, like, do you feel like you have to kind of cater to yeah, it? Like, we I, do. Like we, we've, we've, we've written like that. Yeah. We've well, had intros. I mean, we we've have a intros. radio edit of one of our songs, yeah. which I think is the epitome of that. Fucking killed and me doing that. I hate we, it. we cut out what the the instrumental breaks and some of the intro, some of the outro, and there's fucking great part in the breakdown that's on the <laughs> album version. You can get it at. <laughs> uh, the album version has it, has it, but the single version we had to break down three minutes for for radio station, yeah. and it and it took out a, a, a big breakdown, a call and response part. I fucking love, and you know, like, like, I love that part. That's, of that that's song, not right? to put the onus on radio stations. That's not their again, fault. Right? They're catering to a market, right? Exactly. Not their fault, and no. it's it's not to specifically point the finger at anybody. It's just unfortunate that that's the reality yeah. that we live in, where art not their and fault music at all. Is I, a product I, I gotta say, sold. like, I gotta give props to. Uh, Matt Berry and yeah. Lynch at X99, like they, they smart, like super kind to us. Like, yeah, like Matt played us, nice. um, played three of our songs in a row. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I mean, I'd, how could you ask for more local support? Than yeah, that, right? exactly. And I was, and he's, and Matt's a discernible guy. He knows his yeah. music, right? Like, yeah. and I, and that kind of stuff makes us so happy. But it, it, it does kind of hurt a little that you have to. You have to dumb it down for Compromise the radio. Compromise some of your songs yeah. for that shit. Yeah. And it's not their fault. It's just the way that things are, right? It, it, like, it's the masses. You know I, I mean? imagine like, you, we worked hard on that part. Yeah. Right? I mean, that was, that was a, a part of I mean, we work, hard on, we work hard on everything. You know, we don't mail it in. Uh, right. I don't think. Anyway, I don't. Um, there's, there's parts that are easy to play now, but I didn't. I didn't write them that way because they were easy to, to write. I wrote them that way because that was what the song called oh, for. It's a, a couple of songs in that EP that are a fucking nightmare to play live. A couple <laughs> of the parts are really fucking difficult. And we're writing them, we're like, could just do this instead. And we're like, nah, let's, we got we to write, make it That's the difference, it. I think, right there. I mean, yeah, you don't want to, like, compromise... Compromise your like musical integrity just because just to dumb it down for the masses, I guess. I guess. It was never that. It was more dumb it down for for us to be able to yeah. play live. Yeah, like, <laughs> I guess you need to do that yeah. sometimes. Like, what's like, really drunk? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we, yeah you gotta be able to play these songs. Like, there's a part in there's a part in Let It Burn, the first song, when it's between Joy and Brad. Uh, <laughs> there's like a mad. Where is that? In the yeah, right, right before it, the guitar solo, I think yeah. it is, eh? And it's just, it's a mad little breakdown. And it's like, fucking, it goes like, oh, when he, it's crazy. <laughs> and we were like, that's going to be a nightmare life. <laughs> but yeah, but let's do this. Like, uh, and we made it work. And we, do you like, kind of, uh, do you um, have different versions for live live shows versus your album? Or... A little bit. Not we, particularly. A couple little say. bits. There's like, like some flex points where things will just obvious parts. Will change. Or, I think that's something we're gonna look at doing more of actually. Well, when we is. because of that 
the EP release there, we, we realised that we had to put on more than just going out playing our songs. So we worked on like transitions between songs and little parts we could elongate and like high at work. The yeah. middle eight that comes in with it. The one that da, 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 didn't exist on the radio that version. Was, oh, sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. So then we were like, okay, we gotta rework that part for a live show. Yeah. A couple other things, like just little parts that are like transitions between two songs and that kind of. Okay. I feel like if you're gonna be like a ser serious band, you gotta. I feel like that's. When someone comes to your show, it's more of an event than you just playing your. Just your album, yeah, no, yeah. for sure. So that EP release, we, we worked on a lot of stuff and we, we managed to remember it all, so it was good. Yeah. Now we have to do that every show. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's cool though, because I mean like, um, I think Mother Mother is like a great example of this, but like you go to a Mother Mother show and like you're not hearing the songs that are just played on the radio. Yeah. They're doing like completely different things yeah. and they're like soloing off each other and shit yeah. like that. Well, after like, you get, I mean, you've been playing those songs for a long time, right? Yeah. So you get, not you bored, probably want to change you, it up. You, yeah. you want to like have it, you want, you want the crowd to know that you're still having a good time, right? Yeah. So if you're like, ah, oh, I fucking hate this part, they're going to sense that, right? Yeah. And so like, of course you're going to build new parts like, like, uh, uh, Wine and Debris was written before Brad joined the band. The song's like a fucking whole different beast now since Brad joined the band. So you, you always have to be open to changing the songs. Like, even if you're precious about a certain part or whatever, like, yeah. it's well, hard, but. It, it's, it depends on the situation with that too, because like, for example, I was talking about how I really like Mastodon, and uh, when Crack the Sky, which is my favorite album by them, when it came out, they went on tour, they played the album in its entirety yeah. as it was. I was at that show. <laughs> great, great show. Phenomenal performance. Fucking love that show. And yeah. then they went into some of their older stuff. I also really like a band called Hey Ocean from the West Coast. They're like a funk pop band. Yeah. Not so much anymore, but really, really dug them. And uh, the last time that I saw them, which was a few years ago, they reimagined some of their own songs in a completely new way, and it was awesome to see. I, c I can see both sides there of that coin, right? There is a flip side to that. I want yeah. to see, I want to see, uh, see Dylan on the 16th of July in Calgary. And I've never seen him before. And he, of all my heroes, Dylan is my hero. Like, I yeah. genuinely, like, like, one of the reasons I, I'm still alive. Like, he, my granddad was a, an amazing man scumbag but also an amazing man and he brought me up to Dylan he got me into music he was real into like uh, like Castro and like he was always, he always drummed that into me like always question what someone says to you don't ever believe it Dylan was that guy for me from when I was eight nine years old I've never been able to see him live until two weeks ago here yeah and then I saw him and it was incredible it was a beautiful experience for me, like I, I cried. Like. Yeah. But a lot of the stuff that, his older stuff, he was, he, he fucked around with a little too much. And it, yeah. and it was kind of like, you're doing this for you, not for me. But I knew that going into the show, right? Some of the other stuff was fantastic. But like it was, I think there's a line to be drawn there. Right? Yeah, I was just about to say, yeah. I think there's a fine line that you have to walk. Especially you have to when not be bored yeah. yourself, but you have to make sure that 
people are still into it too, right? Yeah. yeah. The, my very first concert was Roger Waters doing The Dark Side of the Moon. First ever show? That was my first Fuck ever it, fucking yeah. concert. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all downhill from here. Jesus, yeah. I mean, I was so happy that he just he played it. You know yeah. what I mean? He You're didn't right. fuck around. Like, that's what I wanted to hear. And it was the same thing. I fucking cried at that show. Yeah. I was like, this yeah. is exactly what I need at this moment in my life. Yeah. Like, well, I was balling. Yeah, it was just... We found slept for two nights. <laughs> but, like... I also, yeah, it's a fine line. That I appreciate the other side, but I also appreciate, you know, like, I guess when you are someone like, you know, Dylan or Pink Floyd yeah. or someone, like, when people are coming out and they expect you to play, yeah. like, the hits or, like, the songs that they know, then, like... But they're, like, they're almost... But it's because they know those songs, though, too. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, everybody knows yeah. those fucking yeah. songs. I like, get it, man. I mean, if I was Dylan, I mean, he's been touring for, what is he, 76? He's been touring for... Forty-five years now, and Dylan has never not been touring apart from his bicycle crash. I mean, he—that is what he does. He doesn't understand a different life. When he's playing "Blown in the Fucking Wind," yeah, he didn't give a fuck about that anymore, right? He—he he knows he needs to play it, but he's like, oh, "I'm going to play it on my turn." Yeah. I, I get that, but but yeah, for us, I mean, for. We're not, we're just happy people like our songs, right? Yeah, well, like it was nice at the EP launch. People were singing back all of like a lot of our new songs. Yeah, that had only been released that day, right? So, yeah. like high at work, everyone was screaming high at work back on. That's a fucking rewarding experience for us. Like, that's yeah. fucking nuts for us. Like, yeah, to, to, to look out and see, I don't know what two yeah. two three hundred people there that day. Yeah, like, to, to watch them like sing that, yeah. that back to us. A lot of those people we didn't know, like, yeah. single was released a week before, like, they were fucking, they made us feel really fucking happy, man. Yeah, like, for sure. I yeah. think it's a whole other, it's like almost an addiction, you know? Well, like, that more performance, than addiction, yeah, man. like, yeah. that performance, and, like, you getting that, like, yeah. I often think about what's going to happen when I stop singing in a band, I, where are you going to be validated? My wife will fucking divorce me within two days. You'll be doing a lot of karaoke. <laughs> True. Can I do karaoke to my own song? I used to be a singer. <laughs> no, I, I honestly, I, I, I don't, I could, I don't want to get too deep, but I, I think for a lot of people that I know that are in bands, really helps their mental health. Like, yeah, for sure. For, for sure, at least four or five people in Calgary that I know play in bands, and it, and it's. It's massive kind of, it's almost escapism in some ways though see too, I don't you know? really see it as escapism I, it's just getting that shit out like just yeah. getting it out of yeah. like like you can have all the internal dialogue you want but as soon as you put that on paper you get it out of you yeah, it helps yeah. like that's more what it is for me like, yeah. I don't really see it as escapism because the things I'm writing about are not they're, they're the things that are making me feel shit so like if I can be able to sing about them then it makes me feel better right yeah I think I know, I know a bunch of people in Calgary. Like, I mean, like I a, a ton of people in Calgary who, are, who have issues with mental health and mm-hmm. being in a band really helps them. Like, yeah. really, and I mean, I've interviewed um, so many people who are like fit into that exact yeah. category. Like, And it's not that like, I know them personally, but you can tell. You know what I mean? You can yeah. tell that just being in this band or like getting that music out getting these feelings yeah. out of them totally helps it them. is a release like, uh, yeah. I find being on stage like uh, like really stressful sometimes it's really hard for me to enjoy 
just because of what because of the things I'm singing about yeah but then like I come off stage and I'm like oh, I feel like like I feel good yeah I feel happy again yeah it seems like such a fucking dickhead singer thing to say but I really <laughs> I do think that I think there's a lot of people that aren't just singers like musicians generally they have this all this stuff in their life going on and then they go on stage and it's like John, like all like, this yeah, stuff just like released. or even just making a new piece yeah. of music yeah. right? like even just yeah. playing music yeah. it's like you get your emotions out through yeah. your actions like yeah. that if you're a drummer if you're a yeah. bass player if you're like whatever you're doing musically yeah. like it doesn't even have to be musically it can be writing it can be yeah. there's these are all outlets some kind of expression oh. right some kind I of stand expression. on my street and start shouting about how pissed off I am yeah. no one's yeah, listening you're not right? supposed to do it in your underwear and, <laughs> and a bathrobe I think is the problem there but. So my neighbors already hate me I'm alright <laughs> yeah any final words Rich yeah do you guys have <laughs> any it, final leave words leave it to final you because you can have them man I feel like I've gotten enough trouble in the last few weeks with these interviews <laughs> <clears throat> um Love my in-laws. <laughs> <laughs> you can catch Free the Cynics August 12th. Oh, shit. That's probably what I should say. Uh, should we say anything? Go ahead, man. Yeah, why not? Yeah, go We're for supporting... <clears throat> oh, no, I'm good, thanks. We're supporting In the Whale at Dickens on the 9th. And then we're... Uh, we're playing the Steam Whistle Midsummer Festival on the... 12th. 12th. At Ghetto Boys. Okay, no, no, you're good. Thank you so much. Cool. Um, and also, pick up the new AP. Yeah, I mean, that's you, it. You yeah. want. On yeah. uh, iTunes, <laughs> Bandcamp, Apple Play, Google Play, Spotify. All the places. All those things, yeah. Anywhere music is marketed to you, yeah. you Not Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Not Spotify, but don't get paid for that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, usually I, like, have a little, like, a uh, couple songs from... You know the band at the end of the episode. Are you guys cool with that? Yeah, you guys probably the single, right? Yeah, hi at work. Hi at work. I go for the album version. Yeah. Album so version. We'd love to cut that shit down. Yeah, uh, for sure. <laughs> a couple, or do you just want one? Or I usually play a couple, but if you guys just want one, well, uh, do hi at work and then whatever you choose after. Yeah, that. whatever you like. Oh. Okay. Awesome. Probably from the new album is best. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, definitely from the new yeah, album. Cool. cool. Thank you so much, guys, yeah. for being on oh, the podcast. Thank you, man. Thank yeah, you. It was, was a pleasure awesome, to meet you. Appreciate it. I feel like I met you before
If you liked this episode of the podcast, why not leave a review? You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. For up-to-date information on the podcast, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can find us at Froggy Style Productions. That's Frog, the letter E, Style Productions.